when Ian McKellen said he'd do it, I got out a thesaurus because there was no way I was going to let a Shakespearean actor read my third grade level writing. That's amazing. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. There we We write for Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. Danae, you sound like your brain's been fried. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's a little bit of time travel going on, uh, you know, behind the scenes of behind the sin secrets. Uh, we, we've recorded this episode out of order, so you will hear later why uh, Danae's brain is fried, but we, we won't spoil it for you. Um, but how's everybody doing besides having your brain fried? Pretty good, man. Yeah. Hanging in there. We yeah. just had Thanksgiving, um, although this will be two weeks out from Thanksgiving, right? Yes, it will. Um, we'll be heavily into December. Uh, this is when Danae's this like first day back from, she took a whole week almost. Yeah. Almost, and I took time off of work. I unplugged, I turned off my notifications on my phone for emails and Slack and even text messages. And just was like, if it's an emergency, they'll figure out how to get a hold of my husband. I loved seeing the palm tree like daily when I would go on Slack. It was so cool. A visual representation. Danae is on vacay. Yeah, they had this vacation mode for Slack. I was like, okay, I'll try that. I put like away messages on my emails so that if there was something that needed to come up, there was another person to contact. Look at you being Um, all adult. I just was like, okay, I'm out. And I definitely checked out and I got to experience uh, my post-birthday like slash Thanksgiving week. It was a really fun week filled with relaxation and house projects and cooking and friends and Dungeons and Dragons. And it was just nice. a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. We did nice. the, um, because of just a lot of just stuff going on in, in, in real life, uh, we did a, uh, a takeout thing for Thanksgiving, which we had never done before. Although we have gotten like a ham or something from Cracker Barrel before, but we've never done the full meal. Um, I don't know that I would do it every year, but it was nice. Just We did that know, last just year. Just warm some stuff up. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and it was just the three of us, my wife and daughter and my mom. So it was just four of us. So it was, you know, it was just very simple. And uh, it's we, nice had a, to, we had a it's, great day. It's nice to get back to the basics sometimes, you know, yeah. and just kind of understand yeah. what it's really about. And, and you know, of course, yeah. it's it's awful, you know, what is going on. And the pandemic is, is certainly a horrible thing. But to kind of understand what you're truly thankful for in a time like this, I think it's kind of amazing and beautiful. And there's I, there's I really some benefit there. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you guys. Um, we're excited because we have a special show for you today. Uh, we are not only going to do the things we usually do, but we actually have the creator of one of the things we will be talking about uh, on the show. This is a first uh, for us, so yeah. we're excited to, to have that happen. Um, but Scott Sava, who is the creator, oh, director, I th- writer. I thought you were going to say... Uh, um um, I just ruined the joke because I can't think of the guy's name. John Favreau. <laughs> yes, from the, yeah, John Favreau from The Mandalorian is going to join us to talk about the, the sins for Mandalorian. And then we've got Matt Groening to talk about Futurama. It's going to be amazing. Billy no, Eilish no, also it's... on the show today uh, to talk no, about I'm that. We, I'm glad we had Scott because Scott is is amazing. I'm sure all those other people are amazing as well. Yeah, so Scott's awesome. So uh, so that'll be coming here in a second, but let's kick it off with the Sinside Scoop. What's he building in there? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. 
we're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, and how we felt about the stuff we were sending in general. Uh, starting off in TV Sins Land with some more Mandalorian, The Passenger. Mandalorian! <laughs> this is technically a Dicer Hughes script, but let's be honest. Uh, this is a Hughes script. Danae slayed yeah. this script. Uh, strange things were, were going on. Sometimes we have to kind of shift writers around, that kind of stuff. And Danae was like, look, I think I wrote a pretty good script here and it's kind of nice when your writing partner will do that where it's like I think I got your back here and Danae kind of sent me that email and was like I think I got your back I got a pretty good script here so you know give me what you have and we'll we'll make it work and uh and yeah so that's kind of what happened here so if you hate yeah, this uh, but, episode of cinema sense it's all Danae <laughs> yeah skip skip telling me that you hate it um but I I do have to say that my following week script was so different <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was like the sins gods just like opened up the skies or hell or wherever the sins gods live and <laughs> just poured their inspiration into me. And I had a 40 plus sin script that just mm -hmm. like fell out of my brain without much effort. But then like the very next week, I, I was like a dry desert. I was like, here's <laughs> here's one good sin. Good luck. You know, so it'll happen though. You it know? happens and from time to time. And this just happened to be one of those moments where I was able to write quite a lot in a clutch moment. So it was mm -hmm. really cool how that yeah. stuff just kind of ha happens. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it, you're right. You know, there's a little balance the next week, uh, which we'll talk about well, next week. And I mean, it's, you know, we're getting <laughs> yeah. into like cold weather. So, you know, drying out's very common. Yes. Right. This time. Moisturize. Yeah. Drink mm -hmm. a lot of water. It's understandable. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, boy, am I loving the season of Mandalorian. And of course, we're talking about the second episode here. And we've probably seen as we record this, I think five, right? I think there are five episodes I, out now. I have, yeah, there's five episodes out there. I still have so, to watch the fifth episode, but yes, there's five episodes. So I'm speaking with some future knowledge just to say, like, yeah. I am so digging this season. And this yeah. episode is really, really good. And I had a good time with it. I don't know that I have specific, you know, things over any of the other episodes that I would want to say. But what about you guys? Well, I think this was a fun one to watch because once again, little baby Yoda is taking on a like a new. It's not. It's not just the Mando show, mm -hmm. and this episode is really showcasing that. You know, I think in an, in a unique way. You know, we know his name now in the fifth episode. So I don't know I, it yet. So shut up. All right. So I won't. I won't spoil. I won't spoil it. You guys haven't watched episode <laughs> that, five yet. That sounded okay. really no. mean. I no, thought that to be funny, <laughs> and I just realized like that sounded Jonathan, awful. You're so. I was like, shut up. Shut up. Shut no, I, no, you had to say it quickly. And I, I always appreciate that, saving yourself from spoilers that you want. I didn't realize that would be like a big information. I mean, it's just a name. But yeah, it's it's known now. Carl. I don't know. His name is I don't Carl. Know. <laughs> and it's very possible. I've already seen it listed on Twitter or something and don't yeah. even realize yeah. it because people were uh, jumping all over it. But no, I just... I, it's my fault for not having watched no, it. Listen. You can say whatever you want. No, 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 no. Listen, let's save it. I mean, honestly, that episode we'll talk about that three weeks from now. So you know, it'll have its it'll have its day in the sun. But yeah, I found I found this one to be shocking. Like we've seen him eat a frog, you mm -hmm. know, but this one shocked oh, me on a different right. level, right? Because when he first walks over to the container and he puts his little like you know hands up or whatever, and he presses his face to the glass, and you know it's all distorted and adorable looking. I'm like, oh, is he going to do some sort of magic? Some sort of, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I thought maybe he was going to use the force the to force, do something. But magic is fine. Yes. It's fine, guys. You understand it's what I'm magic. saying? magic. You know, something that I don't know helped them mm -hmm. to 
sustain the journey mm-hmm. or right. something deep and meaningful. He was offering and then blessings, yes. Mm-hmm. He straight up kills him. So <laughs> yeah, he yeah. This some. was controversial, right? Because this got some people. Some people were a little upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> about yeah. The, the the I thought it and I thought it was adorable. I think it's yeah. I think it's adorable. <laughs> I also think again, based on future knowledge that apparently neither of you two have, uh, as we get more of the origin story on him, I also think it's intentional. I think there is mm-hmm. not to give too much away, but I think there's a darkness to this character that we're going to learn a little more about. And the fact that they're balancing yeah. that with being an infant. Whatever that means for this species is, I think, fascinating. I think. Well, he just doesn't know. Like, does he know that what he's eating is a living creature? No, I think that's the infant part of him. Yeah. You know, and then and then in in other future episodes, you know, he cracks open eggs. He eats things. He's Mm -hmm. he, he, you know, maybe at first we're like, oh, it's a frog. It's fine because it's a frog. But but now it's like, oh, no, it's a baby. You can't eat babies. (laughs) So it's just it's different. Well, I was just going to say what you were saying, Aaron. I, I think I, I'm sure it's intentional. I, I think this show does a great job of being both episodic and mm-hmm. and through that continuing a kind of a main storyline. Yeah, serial. Um, yeah. Which which a lot of shows, which is very Star Wars, too, mm-hmm. right? Because, I mean, I each of the movies kind of have their own side quest, as Barrett keeps calling these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but that's that's what I kind of... This show does a balancing act better than most shows that try to do this. Like... Uh, I don't know for some reason like CSI just popped in my head because whenever CSI would try to do like a like a recurring story plot or something mm-hmm. it, it usually didn't work very well it was just like <laughs> just go back to the case of the week you're good like yeah. we don't need we don't need convoluted mythology here yeah. But, uh, yeah no I'm enjoying it I really am um, let's get into the the video itself uh, since Danae and I wrote on this Jonathan what are some of your favorite sins why don't you I'm kick us off feel really bad if I only picked Aaron's sin. <laughs> I'm gonna feel. I, I wrote like two sins in this, Awful. so okay. that would be amazing. Well, I only you, have no, two up here. I'm kidding. No, you um, tweaked a few. You added your. You no, embellished a few. Yeah, and you added a couple. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. I I thought this was a great. I think I think both of uh, these. This is the second one, right? Yes, this is the second <laughs> okay. episode. Correct. Uh, I think I think both of these videos. I'm I'm really happy with both of these so far. I'm looking forward to seeing what we do in the future. But uh, no one cares about a child's eye protection. Uh, that's 100% Danae. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Mando's in a helmet. Why doesn't this kid have at least goggles? Oh, He's... everything that I I loved so many things about that scene, and and you you nailed like all the fun stuff. The acting casual about straight up murder <laughs> was also from that scene. Um, I also loved uh, Come on, Carl, work on your subtlety. <laughs> <laughs> And Apparently I, I like the name Carl because I just said that his uh-huh. name is Carl yeah, a moment do. ago. It is so kind of your go-to I guess joke like, name. <laughs> I yeah. guess that's my name. Yeah. And I always enjoy the ta- the riffs on "Welcome to our channel." Hope you enjoy your stay. Uh, it's always fun. And um, the my favorite was the child who, even after I told you not to, will continue to eat your babies with a smile. Is exactly the kind of Star Wars content I'm here for. <laughs> I think that summed up my feelings on the episode as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, I love Danae's uh, tush over teeth, uh, you know, uh, saying when the child was uh, spinning, like somersaulting mm-hmm. tush over teeth. I thought that was really funny. Uh, exhaust pipe eyes was another one uh, I really <laughs> liked. Uh, I, th- I don't think exhaust pipe eyes cares that all much, all that much about hurting things. Uh, you mentioned the release the purple unicorn sin, which I, I really enjoyed. Uh, bobbing for boba. Uh, which then, then I did add, otherwise known as Boba Fetch. Boba Fetch, <laughs> so good. You made that joke 
sing. Uh, and then the uh, the other one I wanted to mention was uh, the Great Bithish Baking Show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was a lot of fun um, to it, it, for that one to research. Like I was trying to think of what could we do instead of British. And right. I, I was just looking at different Star Wars planets and species, and then there were the Bith, and I was like, "Oh, that's perfect. That's that works perfectly." And I don't know if this so. will be in the outtakes or not, but we have discussed that cooking shows are just manipulation. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I think that will be in the outtakes. Uh, what about you, Danae? What else did you want to mention? Uh, the Mando walking into a bar cliche. Like, do we have that? Because right. I feel like we need we that. We should have that. Just sort yeah. of. Oh, just yeah, introducing. This is well. It's funny when you said Mandalorian because this is straight <laughs> up a western. So yeah. uh, everything about this, the boba tea stuff is fun. Like giving all the sins back if he drinks the lizard boba tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the at this point they are surrounded by T four Angelas, calling them T fours, mm-hmm. um, which we won't talk about in keeping tabs this week. But if you don't know what the T four virus is look it up and they look just like these spiders it's got to be intentional right uh, you would think so but calling them t4 angelas um i was i was very proud of myself on that one no, and when aaron commented on it by the way he was like he was like good job like i feel like i did i did my job well on the t4 part of the tarantulas <laughs> look guys i did wordplay yeah yeah it was good but the four even looks like an a mm-hmm. yeah so it's just so nice. It does and work And well. I don't. I might have peaked. This could be me <laughs> peaking as a writer, and I have to be okay with that. You're like 1987 Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've peaked. I highly doubt it, but you did a great job. Um, well done with the script. Thanks, you did too. Oh, I forgot about Demolition Man. 1994 Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to Futurama. We did another Futurama. This one is Xmas Story. This was a Hughes Watkins script. Uh, Danae and Jonathan writing on this one. Uh, and this is the one where Fry learns that Christmas has become a very murderous holiday, uh, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Danae, I imagine this was your first experience with this episode. I know you've seen some episodes yes. of Futurama. Uh, what did you think? I like it. Yeah. I continue to enjoy Futurama. It's really fun. Um, there are certain things about it that are just goofy silliness that is just the right amount of goofy silliness. And I think the take on a different type of future is almost always something that's going to be intriguing for me to watch just different, different takes on how the future could be, you know, um, I love the sci-fi element of this cartoon a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have much uh, extra to add other than what I've said about Futurama before. It remains one of my favorite shows. Uh, I, I love it. Um, you know, people are apt to compare it to The Simpsons for obvious reasons. Um, mm-hmm. The same people. Um, I think they're very different shows, so I have a hard time mm-hmm. doing that. Um, but I, I kind of love them both equally. They're kind of like it's kind of like your kids, you know. Like it's like, yeah, I, I understand that there are certain parts of my kids that I like better than other parts of my other kids, but then there are also other parts of my other kids that I like, you know. So it's like you mm-hmm. really don't have favorites uh, in that way. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think Futurama is great. Um, I don't think Futurama outstayed its welcome either. So maybe it maybe no. it's a little. <laughs> no, every t- every time it came, and back. I don't know if The Simpsons has either. People are still watching it, obviously. So I got to tell you, uh, because I know you're not watching The Simpsons, I would highly recommend uh, the recent episode about like um, Comic Con kind of stuff. Comic mm-hmm. Comic Book Guy goes to like a Comic Con kind of thing. I thought it was full of like really brilliant wordplay oh, cool. and fun stuff. So. Uh, lots of lots of good nerdy jokes in uh, in the latest episode of The Simpsons that you might want to check out. Um, 
But we're not here to talk about The Simpsons. We're here to talk about Futurama. Did you have anything you wanted to add about the show, Jonathan? I don't, uh, no, I, I I love it just as much as both of you. I, I've probably seen more episodes in Danae, but I haven't seen like every episode. I don't know if I've seen this one. It's very possible I had seen it, but I didn't. It didn't. I didn't remember it. Uh, it's really funny, though. John Goodman's awesome, as always, mm-hmm. is, you know, the Santa. But uh, no, it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And I thought we hit the sends pretty well on it. Too, you guys so. did. I, I really enjoyed this. I'll get us uh, started. Um, why did uh, Bender get so many bowls? Sure, we want to blame Bender, but really it's the system we should be angry with. I loved that observation um, <laughs> because there is something there's that justice part of me. That's like, look, you can be upset at Bender, but somebody should have stopped him from doing it if it wasn't okay. If it was okay, you know. Now, if if he stole them, that's a different thing. But, you know, he had to get them from somewhere. Uh, so I really liked that. Um, hold on a second. Earl, earlier, Professor Nakey Nipples, by the way, love the uh, love calling him Professor Nakey Nipples, uh, said, uh, and then about the poodles being extinct, and then like the narrator being like, but what is that? Uh, and then the crying for 12 seconds over the extinction of uh, the poodle. All that made me laugh I mean, quite a bit. What a shocking thing to have in the right. same episode where you said poodles are extinct. Right. That was that was one of those moments whenever I was watching it going, aha, I got you. <laughs> like, I was so yeah, that overly, was a great I was I didn't overly that. excited about that. Yeah. Way too excited about it. Yeah. No, that was good stuff. <laughs> Uh, the, I just want to point out that the creature's poops are the same shape of its noggin, uh, noodle. <laughs> uh, and now we know where the poop comes out. Uh, I thought it was really funny. And then, geez, so does Pennywise just have to be in everything these days? Uh, <laughs> made me laugh quite a bit as well. Um, what about you guys? Danae, why don't you go first? Um, and now we ponder why a man who loves to expose his skin to the elements would have tan lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, everything's changed. But that's not true. And then that that like that moment. But I just I had to stop and think about that. Like how insensitive it would be for someone who who's talking to someone who time traveled from the past, who's literally everything about everything has changed for him. And and so for Leela to or yeah, Leela to just say that's not true. Everything's this. Nothing's really changed. And of course it's a joke because she's shooting a laser yeah. out of an axe. And I get that. Mm-hmm. But it just felt like that would be the the dumbest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it would absolutely. Uh, but then I I also liked uh, um, there was a one that I kind of like added a little bit to from Jonathan because he he sinned Santa coming down the chimney like with how did Santa get his entire slate and reindeer down the chimney along with him which is exactly like that is an absolute sin of every Christmas story mm-hmm. how is Santa getting down the chimney and then of course also the sleigh and also the reindeer um, and so but I really liked how we did like the whole screaming like and don't say it's because of the magic of xmas yeah. because that happens so much this time of year like it's the magic of christmas you don't ask questions it's the magic of christmas and i'm yeah. like someone needs to be the people asking questions around that's here right. though. like how does any of this work so that was and that's me. what tv sends is here for that's why yeah. we exist <laughs> i just want to talk about um since we're the comment section is you know kind of specific to um to animal crackers i want to talk about uh, people getting irate about the time travel comment. <laughs> He's a time traveler. Like I, maybe he didn't get in a time machine, but somebody even said it's the same as if he if you went to sleep and woke up the next day. Like no, it's not no, anywhere near the same thing. <laughs> he Rip Van Winkled his 
ass to the future, whatever. But it's Correct. still like yeah. it's just open your mind to what time travel really is. Yeah. That's right, guys. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. It <laughs> is a form fair, of time now, travel. I will say they probably are right though that you know Leela did put himself put 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 him in the computer, or whatever. But from what I remember, she did it under a different like it I wasn't so him. Too. It wasn't him though. Yeah. She was just kind of so getting too. him to where he was legalized or whatever. It was, it was one of those sins that we talked about as we were combining, like, yeah, is this a leg- like, I think it's a sin that he would even know who Fry is because he's brand new to this world. And even if it's kind of explained away, it still is a good question at the very least. Mm-hmm. And we decided to keep it in the script. So there it is. And he's a time Deal traveler. With it. And he is a time traveler. Yes. <laughs> Um, I, I also enjoyed getting to be an asshole about when the millennium ended because that's always like the <laughs> weird. That's always the worst conversation people have. Well, it doesn't really end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, the tree activation deactivation class was a lot of fun. And um, I also enjoyed the uh, the scary. I liked getting the scary movie too. I'll take in there the uh, Polly wants your mama's sweet ass. Yeah, uh, which is a terrible movie, but a very funny line. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> and now let's go on to Matt Groening. And, uh, <laughs> yes, and now we've got Matt Groening here with us. Uh, hey guys, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good impression. You know, there. I was going to say very few people would probably know what he sounds like, but that's that's probably wrong because he's probably been on so many Simpsons commentaries, like on DVDs and stuff, that true fans probably do know. Does uh, he do of, any of the voice work? Does he ever do voice no, work? Or I don't no, think, yeah. No, I don't think so. He may have appeared as himself in an episode or two, but... Um, oh, I'm Matt Groening. <laughs> yes. His initials are in every episode um, because they form Homer's ear and hair, MG. Um, so oh, my goodness. Yes, you didn't know that. Um, all right. On to Billie Eilish, Therefore I Am, for Music Video Sins this week. Guys... But I think we should start with you, Aaron. Did you read the lyrics? I did, have of you, course. Do you have a okay? Yes. Oh, yeah. You should start us off. This is this is a beautiful song. I I really like this. It's very much a song about uh, existence, about you know why, um, you know why why we have purpose, what we exist for, and it's not necessarily for other people. Um, so yeah, the, the, therefore I am is of course a reference to Rene Descartes, uh, the philosopher, uh, who said, "I think, therefore I am." And the idea that even when we are questioning our purpose, our existence, those kind of things, we can know that we exist simply because we have consciousness. And it's this beautiful philosophical thought. And she kind of stretches that to uh, apply to her haters, apply to, you know, people who body shame her. Um, And yeah, I, I, I found it to be really beautiful. And it's a good song. I really enjoy the song, too. So, yeah, I like no, I like what you're saying. And I think I think. I mean, it's. I think her and her brother write most of the songs, if not all of the songs. Um, but she, there's definitely some very talent. There's a lot of talent behind the songwriting. I don't think I'm hearing what I don't know. I just I don't think I'm as big of a fan as most people are that are a fan mm-hmm. of hers. Sure, but I do. Like I, I can still appreciate what it. You know what you're talking about. Um, I think she's a very cool person. I think she's. Um, I don't know. I just I like everything about her. I just the music itself doesn't really hit me in the same way I think it does other people. But sure. uh, but I get it. I absolutely one hundred percent get yeah. it. What about you? Today? I love I love Billy. I continue to think that she's one yeah. of my favorite artists. Um, I just don't think she gives a fuck what anyone thinks, and nope. I can appreciate that. And I I think I can appre- I appreciate her like walking through a mall with an iPhone shooting a video. Mm-hmm. That's you know 
that's what that is. And that's what she's putting out. And I can appreciate, um, I don't know. I, I think it's just, an, it's nice to see someone so confidently being themselves. Uh, I feel, I feel like, and I don't know this for sure, but I feel like she's just more of a protected artist in that. I don't feel like she has a lot of the same level of bullshit that other artists that were, that are young have experienced. I think she's protected by her mom and her brother. Mm. Um, and herself but I think she has a good group of people around her but things could come out later down the line that reveal different differences but just how her art is her art and her perspective and how like strong her perspective is I feel like it's protected I feel like she has more of a uh, a foot on the gas and the brake and in the driver's seat and has some some support in that whereas you know you think about like Britney or somebody that's from the 90s or whatever who who's coming up and like you know, just going through, like, she doesn't even own anything. She doesn't, she can't do anything apart from what she's told to do, even as a grown woman, because she got so into some sort of system, some sort of money-making machine where her art and her music isn't owned by her, or even like a Taylor Swift situation where her music isn't even owned by her. Mm. And there's just this, there's just this renaissance of music artistry that I think is starting to happen or like ownership that's starting to kind of happen and the conversations more blown open. We've talked about it a little bit before in our segment, but Billy for me is an example of if I understand and I don't like, I haven't done my research. She's just to me an example of somebody who a- appears to have more power as an artist. And I, I really like her. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like that's kind of becoming more and more a thing. I mean, we talked about Melanie Martinez last week and I think she's kind of in that same boat. I, I feel like, those are people that have always been able to do what they wanted from the beginning and have just been able mm-hmm. to stick to it. Like you think about somebody like Pink, where if you go back and listen to like Pink's first album, maybe even her first two albums, I can't remember, but it was definitely, you know, they were trying to put her like in that Britney Spears uh, type of style, that mm-hmm. kind of type of pop. And, you know, she was finally like, I don't want to do this. I want to do this. And and she was able to, thank God. Uh, same thing happened to Kesha, um, you know, in more recent years. So I, I feel like, Hope I guess be, maybe because of people like that, it's feel, I feel like more of the artists these days are are kind of getting to do their own thing. Even Taylor Swift, to I mean, she still kind of gets to do what she wants. Um, I don't know about all the. I think you're talking about more just from the business, right? She lost ownership of some stuff, or well, she had is to that fight. You're talking about, she, yeah, she was trying to fight, yeah. fight for it, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I think all artists kind of deal with it on one level or another. Like, who owns your stuff? How does it, you know? Well, and then now with streaming, that's a whole other issue with Spotify, what they're paying Mm -hmm. and, you know, all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. So, yeah, no, I respect that's why that's that that is the thing I love about Billie Eilish. I just wish I liked her music more. (laughs) Like, I feel so bad that I don't like her music more. Hey, uh, taste is taste, right? Yeah. But I I love her. uh, And I I just uh, yeah, I hope I hope that is true. What you're saying today. I hope we don't hear those stories. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. It seems like she's. It seems like she's got a really nice family. So hopefully that's true. Yeah. Uh, let's go into the sins video. Um, today, why don't you you start us off? Oh, okay, I will. Um, I only have a couple written down. The when she pushes the button and the sin is using your bare hands to press a public elevator <laughs> right. button, especially <laughs> while eating a handheld snack. We're all in agreement to never do that again, even after this is over, right? Like because <laughs> pandemic or no pandemic, touching surfaces in public, like buttons and handles and stuff uh is a trigger for a lot of people mm-hmm. and that was a good mm-hmm. example yeah um and then picking up random lemonade in a public place and taking a swig of that shit and then he just starts to like gag mm-hmm. I, I i thought that was a brilliant performance 
the video in its entirety, I, I continue to really love where Barrett is going as a narrator. It's mm-hmm. just like he's he's just so wound up tight and mm-hmm. over the top and just yeah. like exploding all over. This one was filled with ones about like you should stop and shop kind of a thing. So it was just a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Lady yeah. Footlocker, that's still a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that or Lids, when they shut down, they shut down hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what kind of weirdo Tetris pattern is this tile design? Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was great. The contractor must have been tripping balls uh, when they laid it. Uh, ooh, maybe it's a haunted mall. And the sounds of commerce from the 1990s will echo through these empty halls forevermore. And then he did a maniacal laugh. Uh, I thought, that, again, that was well performed. Um, for some reason, I just giggled out loud when he said, you barely even glanced at Sunglass Hut. And I don't know why something like that makes me laugh so much, but it's just something about the way it's worded. Uh, It's just a funny thing. And then the fact that uh, she didn't eat any of the pretzel, uh, I too am almost angry uh, at her for having a warm pretzel and not even partaking. I will say when I watched, I think it was when I watched the edit, this is funny for something we're probably going to be in the outtakes. I wanted a pretzel so bad. I was very hungry at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. but every time I yeah. see a pretzel, man, because because that's just not something you can like make. You know, like that's something you have to buy from somewhere. We just. I mean, I'm sure there are people can make them. But no, it's I can't. just it's just weird because my wife just made some like a week ago. Um, that's amazing. Because I have to move in with you. She, I mean, you're minus a few kids now. You can <laughs> you can put me up somewhere. Sure, absolutely. Come on over, man. Um, no, uh, yeah, she had bought through like a school fundraiser, some like Auntie Anne's pretzel dough mix. Mm. And so she like made the pretzels and it was delicious. Mm. Yeah. That's like, I've never, like, like, can, I guess you could, I mean, you can make anything, I guess, but it's like, that's just one of those things I only think of like, that's malls. Mm-hmm. Or like theaters or carnivals. Well, I mean, she it's also like you don't bought see giant cookie cakes at right. people's. Pe- she also bought a uh, <laughs> Cheddar Bay biscuit, like Red Lobster Cheddar Bay biscuit mix. Yeah, you can't um, do that now. And Stop and it. also a uh, Cinnabon uh, mix. So Stop it. Yeah. No, really. I need you to stop. At the time, does in she real make cookie life, cakes? It is 1.08 p.m. and I have only eaten half of a snack bar all day. <laughs> all right. All I right. I need this this to stop because what's going to happen is I'm going to be like, I'm done. And then I'm going to have to leave and go get food. All right, Jonathan, I guess that means we should move on to you. Uh, what sense uh, well, did you I was like going to say going off of what Danae was saying about um, Barrett, just kind of like just coming into his own or, or you know, just kind of like going off as the narrator, the, yeah. I said, stand down Jones. Now that's an order. Mm-hmm. I thought was really funny. Uh, and there's one that was just real kind of subtle, but he was just like, well, then why'd you ask the question? <laughs> it yeah. was really funny. Yeah, and uh, this is an Avril Lavigne video in disguise. Um, I thought it was great. So yeah, uh, let's move on to Cinema Sins, The Croods. Uh, what is your familiarity with this movie, guys? Do you remember? I mean, this came out a while ago. Yeah, uh, my daughter. Do- I've watched this. My daughter liked this when she was really young. Um, I mean, she still is young, but when she was younger. Um, so I've seen it a few times. Um, I don't know how much I like the movie, but visually, I really like the movie. Yes. And uh, so that that's the thing I really take away from the crudes. Like it's it's a great thing to have on in the background and stuff. I can always like it always catches my eye, but I never remember really what it's about. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know that there's much there. Uh, so I don't know how much I like it, but it's it's got some positives for sure. Well, we we just had this uh, conversation on Sif Pop because we were reviewing Crudes Two that just came out, and yeah, yeah. Um, 
and similar feelings from uh, from the people on that show of yeah I remember thinking it looked beautiful but I don't remember a lot of what it was about um, it's very much a father daughter coming of age trope mm-hmm. movie it's it it's not that it's not about something it's just what it is about has been done a million times before and so it, it's not very memorable I don't think um, and it's uh, it, it's just for me. Everything I liked about the Croods, the new Croods movie does, um, and then it also does everything I didn't like about the Croods better. So I really think the sequel is is a lot better than oh, the original. Yeah. Um, so I think people are going to dig it whenever they finally get to oh, see it safely. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, but as far as the original Croods go, I just remember having so much fun with it that I wasn't expecting. It's just really the the visual action is really fun. Um, you know, there's there's an energy to it that a lot of animated movies don't take advantage of um, that I think of like uh, The Incredibles has this energy as well, where there's an understanding of the action and the fun things you can do in animation that you couldn't do in like live action that, you know, kind of give it an extra little bit of energy. Um, yeah, I, I like it. It's it's one of those movies I mean, that I that I like. I think The Incredibles is an apt comparison because I think even though this isn't about superheroes, I it's definitely that family aspect. I think mm-hmm. they're definitely aping because this is DreamWorks, right? Correct. I think they're definitely aping uh, The Incredibles, um, yeah. like DreamWorks often does, but which is fine. And I don't remember it really having like the issues I have with a lot of DreamWorks movies. Um, so the ones I don't like as much. So I think overall I liked it, but. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's just kind of hard to remember the story until you're reintroduced to it. You're also dealing with two of my favorite actors of all time with Emma Stone and Ryan Reynolds. So, you know, like there's there's a likability factor there that immediately is going to be. Man, I thought you were going to say Nicolas Cage. What's wrong with Nicolas Cage? Nothing's wrong with Nicolas Cage. I'm just a Ryan Reynolds, Emma Stone. uh, And I do I do wish Cage did more and maybe he's done more animated work than i'm aware of but i don't feel like he's done that much and uh his voice definitely works really well uh with that character Mm -hmm. i agree i agree uh danae have you seen the crudes Nope. take a drink uh let's let's move into the uh the sins video this was a dicer share script uh barrett and i wrote on this one um today why don't you kick us off with some thoughts on the video um, I don't want to go into uh, the details, but Eeps in her late teens and cavemen women are well known to be hairy. So what's up with the lack of armpit? <laughs> yeah. Does she have a secret bottle of Nair in the cave? Good question. Yep. Um, but I like how you're like, let's not talk too much because she's underage and I don't want to go into too much conversation with body <laughs> right, hair. Yeah. But here's here's how I'm approaching it. So I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, Crispy Bear, formerly known as Pyromaniac Bear, got... <laughs> was one that cracked me up uh, mm-hmm. when they were eating the bird from the inside out. Just the observation of this is usually how my Thanksgiving dinners turn out. Only this is much less arguing about politics and religion. <laughs> yep. Just kind of a fun, little fun thing. Trying to uh, walk on stilts being like trying to fuck in a tornado. That was an interesting moment where I was like, how would that, like I began to try to imagine, <laughs> I shouldn't have thought about it, but I did. <laughs> well, the narrator visually. made you. Yeah. And and then I realized, oh yeah, I guess this would be because it was just this crazy thing. There was a so similar minute. <laughs> there was a similar sin that we wrote in the boys video uh, about levitation sex. Uh, you know, about trying to have sex yeah. in the middle of the air, like you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, it was just a funny thing where. Um, yeah, it, I would try uh, that though. If my wife and I could levitate, I would absolutely <laughs> try that. Yeah, yeah. I think why wouldn't you? 
Well, levitation is far less dangerous than stilts. I feel like stilts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you, or the tornado. Like yeah. yeah. Major injury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stilts mixed I with would, tornado. Yeah. I would not try during a tornado. No. Good, right, good choice. No. Good choice. Um, the and just like that, Eep was pregnant. That's how it worked back then. <laughs> yeah. Also cracked me up. Um, Jeremy's skip for the last thing my parents told me and then just the inspiration for doing like saying like a caveman mm-hmm. for him to deliver the yeah. Jeremy skip now was really, really fun. Um, the almighty moon, the almighty sun was fun, mm-hmm. both astrological scientific reasons as well as melt your face off reasons uh, and frying your retina reasons. And the last one that I wrote down was um, no more hiding in caves. And then, and then Grug's family, exhausted from exposure to the elements, became a meal for a nocturnal predator <laughs> one week later because honestly, caves are really a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. for never having seen the movie, I really enjoyed the Sin script on this one because I felt like I was going on a journey of the movie. Like I kind of could get a feel for what was happening, but also the Sins sure. were making sense. Sometimes whenever I watch a Sins movie, I'm just confused and I'm trying to figure it out and I forget to enjoy the Sins. This one, I didn't have that experience. I was really having a fun time nice. um, watching the movie, learning about what the movie is about through the Sins. So uh, great job. Jonathan, what about you? Uh, I liked, I was not expecting this movie to start the same way as Sinister. I thought that was really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, using your grandmother as a coin <laughs> was great. Yeah. Um, applying a ding tax uh, mm-hmm. is always great. Uh, I loved Jeremy doing Neil Diamond. Uh, He's saying a lot was, in this one. Barrett and oh I put him God. through some tunes. Yeah. Yeah, it was very funny. Um, and then uh, miming something that you could just explain quicker uh, yeah. was very funny. Yep, it's not the miming that's the problem. It's the fact that if you just said it, you know, it'd be a lot quicker. Um, uh, I will also mention uh, Catholic school uh, after the, they said basically anything fun is bad. Uh, that yeah, was a favorite I that. Uh, in the comments. Uh, and then the, uh, but this is a story about how, and then the comment that that's kind of like a, a theme song for a sitcom mm-hmm. and then singing the crude stone. Am a crude stone. Uh, yeah. I thought, thought was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Interestingly enough, there was the sin about this is like the Eagles picking a random player to to quarterback each game and then wait, that just might work. This is one of those interesting things where this script was written months ago. And so that was something I just did a quick search on, like who was having like quarterback switching issues and the Eagles were. If it were written now, I'd probably pick a different team. Uh, Like the fact that the Broncos have four quarterbacks with COVID right now. So they don't. Oh like, God, you know, it's my favorite story this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just all the quarterbacks uh, that couldn't well, play. Well, that and it's I'm a Raiders fan. So anything happening to the Broncos is just it's just not that I want Got them to it. be sick, which yeah. we, and we don't know that they're sick. I mean, no, they no, were no, just, no, 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 yeah, no, no. they were just they were not following protocol. And so they had to be quarantined. Well, in the only but, thing um, in the yeah. only reason I bring it up is just because you, we kind of walk that fine line of what is, you know, true today. What's going to be true for, you know, a few months from now when this airs, you know, like trying to, you know, figure jokes out and that kind of stuff. So, and that's why I bring it up. Um, the, uh, the observation that cave people wouldn't have been amazed by the fire itself. They would have been amazed by the ability to make fire, which is a different thing because they would have seen fire before. It's just, and so the fact that she's all amazed in seeing the fire was a little bit weird to me. Um, and so I like that sin, uh, conch blocking I had to mention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the, uh, the reverse Rocky speech, 
And if you can't change and I can't change, everybody can't change. Yeah, that's uh, oh, so funny. I enjoyed doing that as well. Uh, so I'm going to do a little bit of like a little wow, whoopsie. We forgot to get Barrett's thoughts oh, we on did. this movie and yeah. for Billie Eilish too. So do you want me to read about his thoughts on Crudes first and then like do a little like sweet kickback yeah, over yeah. to that Let's one? Yeah, let's just hear what Barrett had to say about both those things now that we've been through them both. Yeah. Okay. Barrett for Crude said, The Crudes is way better than it had any right to be. It's still stupid. But it's fun. <laughs> Fair enough. It has a terrific cast. My love for Emma Stone knows no bounds, so I was immediately drawn to the Eve character. Ryan Reynolds is solid, if formulaic, and Nick Cage does Nick Cage shit. I like the release the baby bit, even though it didn't make any sense. Anyway, I wasn't bored during this movie, and at least it wasn't a musical. So six out of ten, my favorite sin is about the lack of Eep's armpit hair. Don't know exactly why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he had quite a bit to say on Billie Eilish's video. He says, I love this video partly because it's very true that I've always wanted to run around in a mall when no one's there. Malls fascinate me for some reason. I worked in one for about six to nine months after graduating high school and really enjoyed it. I don't think indoor malls really exist anymore, but I love them. The song itself is a goddamn banger, and I wasn't bullshitting when I started to send that line about her haters, then thought about what she may have gone through with the press being all up in her business, especially with her body. She's perfect the way she is, and most importantly, she seems to know that. So after the real, that realization, I had to remove a sin, but there was a lot um, that was sinful in the video, especially the mall itself. The fucking snack bars being not only open, but chock full of food after hours was the most annoying thing and it really bothered me that she didn't eat any of the pretzel when she at least took a bite slash drink off of everything else amen anyway billy's badass the video kicks butt and i'm jealous as hell that she got to do this and i didn't (laughs) nice i'm confused he doesn't think inside malls exist they absolutely still exist i mean i know they're not as popular but he's got three within like 30 minutes of them. <laughs> like, yeah what is he talking about yeah it, may, it could be a pandemic thing too just the idea yeah, of, that's, like, yeah, these things... or maybe just maybe they don't exist in that same type of like you don't have food courts the way you used to and right. stuff like that it's definitely so that's changed. probably what he's talking about that's true it's yeah definitely it, changed. it's very different and we do like when they built a new one here by me they made it all outdoor uh which that's i think that's the more common thing now nice. yeah nice yeah and we're now joined for our last movie of the week. Uh, Animal Crackers is the final movie uh, that was sent this week. We're joined by, what would you say, the creator, the the storyteller? the How would you define yourself, <laughs> Scott? We're joined by Scott Sava. It, hey, uh, it, it's hard because I don't want it to sound too long, but I, I, I kind of, I'm the creator because I wrote it as originally as a book, um, but I also wrote the screenplay and I directed and I produced it and art directed, but. Yeah, it's it's it's. <laughs> so the answer is yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, like, yeah. sounds like you're the creator. Yeah, I, say, yeah, I, I think we can go with creator. Right yeah. I think we can go with creator. Uh, this is a first for behind the sins uh, to actually be talking about a sins video with the creator of the movie that we're talking about. Um, you know, a little bit of trepida- uh, trepidation tiptoeing into this. You never know, kind of how not nerve wracking at all. No, well, we didn't no. write it. We didn't write it. <laughs> That's true. So. That is the benefit. I should mention this was an Atkinson Scott script. So Chris and Jeremy wrote on this one. The OG uh, Sin Lords uh, took this one on, and I thought yeah, did a fantastic did. job. And I guess I would start there, Scott. Like as you're as you're watching this this video, how are you feeling as the creator of this material? Oh joy! It was. I, I mean, uh, like like I said on Twitter, I was like, I've I've arrived. 
Um, <laughs> you know, it, it was it was everything I had hoped it would be because I wanted them to be cruel and uh, and and they were. Um, and, and so I figured if they could make me cry the night, then it was worth it. And, uh, <laughs> I think it was I was. Fun. I was reading in the because uh, usually like Chris and um, Barrett or uh, Jeremy will all send in their notes on what they've written on. And I saw them kind of send in their notes. And I think I saw that they sent you the script before we actually put it into production, like that you had a chance to see our sins script before it went out. No. Is that true? No, 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 <gasps> no. They they just Maybe sent I me the finished. It. They sent me they sent it to me like uh, on Sunday. Just. <laughs> to you know like oh watch the it just make video. sure there's yeah here's the finished video and i said i love it i said i only had two notes which they didn't change but i was like they're not notes to change but just so you know someone might point them out and uh, <laughs> Ooh, we'll talk nice. about that yeah we'll get into that let's get into that here in a little bit um danae why don't you read what the guys had to say first and we'll we'll start okay. there so uh yeah what did jeremy and chris have to say about uh, this movie slash video Okay, I'll start with Chris's notes. He said, we had been living with the Animal Cracker story for a couple of years, and the discussion about setting this movie was always on the table. Scott, I think, loved the idea that we would take on this movie. It was the first real test of, can we be objective when it comes to sending a movie? We don't want to be mean, but we also don't want to pull punches if we see something that we normally would write a sin for. One of the biggest sins of this movie that Scott acknowledges is the mysterious third brother missing that would make Owen the nephew of Bob and Horatio. But the movie blasts past the early Bob Horatio years and blasts past Owen and Zoe's childhood, so it never really has time to address that. There's also confusion about Bob and Talia's existence as a dog and cat at the time that Horatio burns down the trailer and with it, the human cookies, they need to change back. Like, why are they dog and cat at the moment? And why doesn't Chesterfield, who knows all about the animal crackers, know that Bob and Talia are the dog and cat? Or if he does, why is uh, why he's keeping it a secret from Owen and Zoe? Because... I am a professional nitpicker. My favorite thing I found during this montage uh, where Chesterfield has given Owen different cookies to try out after his human cookie goes missing. Um, there's no reason that they need to go to Chesterfield to pick out the cookies. Owen is actually in possession of the box and can certainly pick out different animals himself. Anyway, I had a great time with Animal Crackers. It's been fun seeing the feedback from people who have listened to the podcast and rooted for this movie to find a release. And we even got chastised when we didn't mention it when it was uh, when it would randomly appear on a release schedule. Anyway, had to tell these people, quote, if we heard the movie was actually coming out, we'd be talking about it. As such, those release dates were always fool's gold until it got picked up by Netflix. We sent it to Scott before it was released, and he seemed to be happy with what we did. So I'm happy about that. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Scott, any response to those thoughts from Chris? I, there's so many things wrong with the movie that um, <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel that they only glazed over uh, the most <laughs> obvious ones. But uh, yeah, they hit, the, they hit the right ones. And it's funny because you, you tell a story and you, you, don't know, you don't know what parts are working and what parts aren't until you send it out there. And it's different. Like I've written a lot of books. It's different. And I do web comics when you get feedback from people as as a page goes up and whatnot and you can kind of almost fix it along the way or if it's a book you know you might hear from an editor or or whatever but when it goes out on netflix without any feedback it goes on to netflix to 200 million people you get 
like everybody like pinpoint right on well, wh- who who's his father who's owen's father i, I don't understand it <laughs> i i was i was responding to every single post every single youtube comment every single everything to the point where i had to set up macros where i hit uu for uncles and it explains like a paragraph because <laughs> like amazing. everybody was asking so i set up i set up macros for like all of this oh, stuff that's amazing <laughs> that's yeah, incredible yeah, so, it's fun. It's fun, but it's 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 so wonderful to um, to hear uh, to hear that stuff. You know, you want to go back and fix it, but you kind of just got to, Well, it's too late. I can always fix it in the sequel. I can always explain because I had didn't even occur to me that anybody would care who Owen's father was. Um, but it, it yeah. came up but, a lot. Yeah, nitpickers nitpick. That's that's certainly something <laughs> we know. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because nitpicking can fall into several categories too, right? Like there's there's things that a movie does purposefully because it's just good movie making, even though it can be you know nitpicked. There's things that a movie uh, has to do just because it's problem solving. You just have to get from you know point A to point B. And then there are mistakes, yeah. there are errors, you know, yeah. because we all make mistakes and errors. So you know, it's it's fun to to kind of what we do. It's fun to joke about those things and you know understand that it's just part of the artistic process and to into you know joke about them and so yeah it's it's really interesting to to hear that perspective when i was was, it was my first film i'm sorry it was my first film so of course there's going to be all of those things (laughs) all three of them (laughs) right right when i was watching it though i so i was watching it and i uh this beginning opening sequence where we're kind of moving through the introduction of the circus and the characters and of course you're trying to you know you're you're instantly going which character am i latching onto as the one that i'm going to be following through the story and i kind of knew that the guys were going to be sending it because i watched the movie before watching the sins video very purposefully um and so i was like i bet they're gonna mention something about that but i kind of found it refreshing a little bit because i didn't expect i didn't know who we were going to be seeing as our main people um and it's I liked it personally. It was, it was also there, one of my favorite uh, sins in the video, which was like, I think it was something like, uh, what's really going to bake your noodle is when I tell you this movie isn't yeah. about any of these people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was really funny. There's a whole story behind that too, um, because uh, James Arnold Taylor, who's the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi in Clone Wars, uh, and Tara Strong, who is Raven from... Uh, Teen Titans, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 of course, both of them do several other characters. Uh, Tara's incredible. But, she's yeah, quite she, the she's voice amazing. artist. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they had actually were playing Owen and Zoe originally uh, in the in the uh, original trailer that we did, the original test that we did. They played those characters, and um, and I remember vividly um, Tara telling me that uh, she had uh, played. I think it's Snow White in um, the movie Hoodwinked, and uh, and then they uh, Harvey she she played she did the entire movie, and then Harvey Weinstein came in and replaced her and all the other voice actors with quote unquote stars, and and she got replaced. And when we were making the movie, it was going to be a small twelve million dollar budget direct to DVD kind of movie, and we weren't expecting any of the cast, you know, the big names to come on. We just threw it out there to see if anybody be interested. You know, it's like basically, does anybody want to work for next to nothing? You know, hey Stallone, hey Ian McKellen. You know, we don't have any money, but if you feel like you know coming out, and, and we didn't think that they would all say yes. And so suddenly, Sylvester Stallone, Ian McKellen, Danny DeVito, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt came on board, and we're going, oh crap! Well, what do we do? And I felt 
so guilty because I remembered that story that Tara mm-hmm. told me. You know, she, now we hadn't recorded her yet, but I, I mean, she was going to play uh, Zoe and, and James was going to play uh, Owen. Uh, but now suddenly we had Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. And you, you can't say no to that. Um, so I created Bob and Talia and I wanted to give them more screen time. And I didn't realize that I had did because I, I held on to because Tony Bancroft, my co-director and and so many people are like, you got to get rid of this opening. It's it's so long. It has doesn't really do anything. And I'm like, no, it's it's important to the story. And it wasn't until the movie came out and everybody's been asking me this. And I had to start talking about the making of the movie enough times to where suddenly all of this started to piece together. This is why I held on to that so much was because out of out of a, a need to not hurt Tara and, and she's a professional and James is a professional and I'm sure they're not but I felt like they were the ones who for free they helped me you know they, they lent their voices to help me get the, the movie funded I had to make sure to you know give them enough screen time to take care of them that's and, cool uh, and so it's only now that I'm realizing why that opening is so convoluted <laughs> yeah. so is because I wanted to like you know and, and also it's like that's the only spot where Harvey Firestein would have been too so it's like oh no you know and so it's 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 weird because a movie goes from script to finished and characters move around uh, as you're developing them um, uh, Petunia the fat lady who's played by my wife now was originally that character was um, Esmeralda but when I added that whole uh, backstory I moved Esmeralda to way back then and so it was just so much that I learned from making this movie sure was uh, was was just seeing it you know through all these phases and now looking at it and see how other people are seeing the final outcome and I'm, I'm I guess I'm looking at the process as I watch the film I'm listening to the responses from everybody I can see how it kind of got all mixed up but what a great first movie yeah like what it, a really good first movie that well, thank you it was an experience it was i mean i, I it, it's not you know it's not going to win any awards we're not going to you know i just wanted to to, to kind of get it out there and just have the experience and learn from it which i learned a lot and hopefully do it again and learn a little more and a little but you know it, it, it's like your first time doing anything you don't expect much but i think because the cast came on board um made the expectations a lot higher and 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 that really it elevated the film's quality but it was still just a, a, a simple story that i wrote for my kids that you know wasn't supposed to be as big as it wound up being that's awesome though and, and to be fair john krasinski is nominated for a critics choice award you're right I believe that <laughs> that's insane i mean there's he's going up against jamie fox and uh and several other not that the other actors are better so much as they're like pixar films and stuff right like that, yeah, yeah, yeah you know it's like you know it's like i i don't expect but still the fact that he got nominated is amazing and he was he and emily brought so much genuine love and humor and connection to the to those characters i mean you you couldn't you couldn't make that up they were still they were so excited to work together it was their first movie they had ever worked on together um, and they were just so excited to do that that they were just giggling and laughing the whole time. Oh yeah, because this was bef- this was before Quiet Place, right? Because this way was, before, yeah, this yeah, was yeah, yeah. 20, end of twenty fourteen, early twenty fifteen. Yeah. And that's uh, something that I noted as I was watching is their interaction between the two of them was like a genuine delight. Yeah. Um, there's uh, one scene in particular, or there's several scenes in particular. There's one where she like interrupts him to talk, like he's saying that he 
eats dog biscuits and she interrupts yeah, and like <laughs> says it for him. That yeah. cracked me up because it was just such a genuine married couple thing, you know, yeah. where someone delivers a punchline before you do and it's like your story. This happens with me all the time or in the car with the uh, their little child and they start singing the eat, uh, eat, eat apples and bananas. I'm like, yeah. that is my life. It is. Where, it is. And, you know, and the thing is, I didn't write any of that. I didn't. That was all improv. That's so like, fun. I, I, did, I, I never even heard of the apples and bananas song. <laughs> I mean, we, I was, we, we were sitting in, in the booth going, what, what's going on? I'm looking at the script. This is nothing like what I, and, but it was just something that, and, and if you watch, because I posted some of the videos um, and if you watch the videos of them, Emily starts singing and John's like, and then he kind of picks up on it within a few seconds and then he kind of jumps in. So, it, and it's, it's, it was amazing. And uh, even in the first scene that you mentioned where he's like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm eating dog biscuits and she's like, well, you know, I, and he goes for a job. And then she, he's, she's, she's trying to like, well, you know, my father, he, he goes, stop and think about that for a second. And then you can, you can hear it. Emily just starts <laughs> cracking up. And, and so we, we kept the laughing in it. And yeah. so throughout Zoe is constantly laughing at him because she, he kept making her laugh throughout. Yeah. It's a, it it's really a really fun. cool part of a character though, because it, it really makes her so fun. Because yeah. she's the kind of person that finds joy in laughter. And yeah. it really, I don't know, I, I found their performance specifically to be a, a true treat. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, what did Jeremy have to say? We haven't heard from uh, any of Jeremy's thoughts. He said, um, it was honestly a singular experience to write Sins for Animal Crackers. We're so close to this movie, particularly to Scott. And yet, Scott knows and appreciates what we do, so we don't want to pull our punches and make him think we took pity on him. Possible <laughs> that might even be more offensive. So I wrote as I would write. I think the sins video shows that. Other than the final sin removal for Scott, he did like a little smiley face. Uh, oh. The movie is original and fun, and the voice performances are really good. I particularly think Sir Ian kills it the most. It's not perfect. It has sins, but so does every movie. My favorite sins to write were the one about Zoe straight-up car-slaughtering zucchini and passing it off as potholes <laughs> when it happens in grass. She is homicidal. <laughs> uh, the dig at P.F. Chang's, which I actually like. It's just fun to randomly bash businesses or states without reason and see people flip out. <laughs> uh, the one where he asks the little girl what she's afraid of, and I narrate a little girl voice saying, global economic collapse. <laughs> that was one of my favorites, too. Um, and then he finishes off his thoughts by saying, that all came out fun, I think. I loved Chris's sin about uh, Binkley not locking the door. And the one where he made me say two eggs and a bacon, as in a singular bacon. Weird wording sins are often fun to narrate. And I was ultimately proud to be able to do our normal thing and not offend the director. And then in parentheses, for once. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in all honesty, we send this movie because we love it. And we love Scott. And we wanted to give it even more exposure. So go to Netflix and watch Animal Crackers. But also stay off the road if Zoe is nearby. <laughs> Nice. I don't think Jeremy should have should have given up that he really enjoys weirdly worded sins to me and Aaron though. I don't think that was a good yeah, idea. Yeah, he's into it now. Yeah. Uh, I'm <laughs> challenge sense, accepted. Challenge accepted. We'll send some of those on. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? What are some of your uh, other thoughts on the the movie itself? 
Well, like I said, my daughter and I watched it over the summer and um and so I we we really enjoyed it. I really I mean the voice cast, which we've talked about, um I love that Stallone's in there, by the way. I'm a huge Stallone <laughs> fan. Um do you actually so I guess we can talk about that more in the comments, but so you are in the booth while they're recording, so like Yeah. Yeah. So you're it, right he, there. Well, you know, the the thing is is with Stallone, um okay, so as you guys as you guys know, I'm a hobbit. Um, I am I am very introverted. Um, I had to take a lot of Xanax <laughs> to, to travel <laughs> and meet and meet these people. Um, you know, people like Ian McKellen are and and Emily and John are uh, very uh, they're extroverts. You know, they love being around people, and so you know they're just you know like Ian McKellen walked around and he goes, "Hello, would anybody like a picture for social media?" You know, I mean, he's just you know, and Harvey Firestein is just like a whirlwind, and 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 so you know, I, I was just very quietly sitting there. I mean, I, I I was I'd smile, I'd get my I got my picture with everybody, I got their autographs. You know, I, I did all the the geeky stuff that I needed to do, like. It was like that's what the Xanax is for. Do this, and then you're, you're good. And <laughs> like and you then, only have so many Xanax. Don't like like okay. I'm gonna use my Xanax for this, this, and this. <laughs> yeah, I've got a list. I've got a to do list. You know, um, the, yeah, any more Xanax and I fall asleep. So I've, I, can, I can only do this much. Uh, but uh, I, I found that like you know, like halfway through, we're having lunch, and you're sitting there having lunch with Danny DeVito and Ian McKellen, and you're having soup or salad or whatever it is, and it was quiet because I just I'm not a conversational person I'm, I'm you know and that happened for six months you know it was just you know, people like Emily who who Emily and John they were just naturally very talkative so they would ask me questions they would pull stuff but Danny was just eating his food you know Sir Ian was just eating their food and it was just very quiet and awkward <laughs> and so it was like by the time I met Sylvester Stallone I had been through it for six months and I was like okay I need to write down questions and I need to like have a cheat sheet of things to talk about on your hand and on my hand. Yeah. It was, I'd be all sweaty by then, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so when I actually got to meet Stallone, uh, he just came in with a cup of coffee and, uh, said, Hey, call me Sly. And, and I said, I pulled out a That's list. So I cool. go, I have questions for you. <laughs> and, and he's like, shoot. And he spent 45 minutes just answering questions. That's I had so questions cool. about Rocky and certain lines and just how he got through it. And he, at the end of the, the 45 minutes, he, he looked in my face and he said, this is your film. He goes, don't let anybody take this from you. This is your Rocky moment. Don't let, don't let them take that from you. And, uh, and so it was like, Wow, it was really powerful. I got the Rocky speech from Stallone, you <laughs> from know? Rocky himself. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, you know, I learned from that that because of who I am, I really do need to prepare for this. So that was a learning experience for me. Was because my my meeting with Stallone was very memorable because I got to interact because all of the things I like, you know, you do that thing where like I'm flying home from London, I'm like, oh, I should ask Sir Ian McKellen this, or oh, I should ask Ian McKellen, you know, it's it, all of those things, think about them before, take that time before and write them down because it, it'll make the meeting much more he's, worth it. He's just had such a fascinating career. And I just, yeah. I feel like, I feel like he'll be, I feel like it'll be like another 20 or 30 years before people are really like, oh, no, he should have been appreciated a lot more. Yeah. Because um, he's just, you know, he's gone up and down and just 
I don't know. And he's very open. And it seems like everybody I've heard that's ever talked to him, he's very open and he'll tell you everything. And, you know, I don't know. It's just cool. So he always, whenever I, whenever I see him in something that always just strikes my, you know, interests me, but yeah, the voice cast was insane. Um, I don't know that I've seen an animated film with this good of a voice cast. Uh, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, yeah. But no, but yeah, just had a, I mean, it's it's a really fun movie. I had a really good time with it. Uh, my daughter and I had a good time watching it. And uh, I love the animation. Um, I love the way the characters are drawn and everything. Um, so I just, I thought it was a blast. Yeah, I had Thank a lot you. of fun with it too. Um, I just, I just kept thinking how impressive the movie is. Just because we live in an era now where I think we're going to be able to start seeing more, you know, uh, independently created movies of this quality. You know, it's, it's when you think back to Toy Story in 95, that only happens because Steve Jobs and, you know, uh, pours money into Pixar and allows them to do this incredible thing where they make a fully computer you know, generated movie, uh, you know, 25 years ago. And now 25 years later, you know, we have the computing power in most people's homes to render things yeah. and to do things. And so it's it's really interesting to see how the technology has progressed, the ability uh, to, to put a movie out like this. And I'm just I'm watching it and just enjoying it and just really impressed, you know, that that this is something that that um, that you did and that, you know, it made it real. Did you have like when you were deciding on what the characters would look like and the animals would look like, did you have several artist styles you were choosing from because i just i felt like it was a really interesting i like i like the choice in how the people looked because sometimes i think yeah, humans that's... can look a little weird but they looked i like the way that they looked they had like you know unique enough features like blue hair and even he had like blue stubble you know so yeah. it just showing that it wasn't dyed like he had colored hair and that was yeah. really fun to see um <laughs> But then also I liked how the animals were animated. They looked just bubbled enough to be an animal cracker, but also, you know, <laughs> creature enough too. So I just, there had to be so much thought going into how the people and the creatures looked. Like, did you have a lot of choices or did you just see it and you knew it? Or how did no, that work? That, and that's the, that's the funny thing is because I'm an artist. Um, and so uh, you would think that I would have had a picture in my head of what these characters look like. But we wound up, through uh i actually just uh reached out to him on facebook and uh and never met him before but we met i met carter goodrich now carter goodrich um he designed the characters he designed the characters for ratatouille brave monster zinc um, yeah that's amazing crudes uh despicable me uh, uh coco i mean he he just has this amazingly unique uh illustrative st style and i reached out to him said hey i'm you know, i'm making my in, an independent movie i don't have a lot of money but would you consider working on my film i'd love your style to to dictate the look of the of this film and he says well uh, you know i'm really busy and you know disney pays me a lot but send me um send me the script and two days later he said i love it i'm in Aww. and and so i was like oh my god and so we, we got you know <laughs> disney pixar's uh, character designer and he said okay well what ideas do you have I, I don't you know I and I and and I it's all everything you see all of those characters is yeah. all from Carter's ah, that's so cool so, you almost uh, like you gave him the ability to just 
create. Yeah, which That's he never such... got at Disney and Pixar. He never got that because he's working with 20 other character designers and, and right. everything becomes an amalgamation of this and that. And there's marketing and there's accountants and there's like so much input that he's redesigning the same character right. 100 times over, the, over five years. Um, I was just like, you know, he would give me four Chesterfields. I was like, the fat one next you know he's like well what do you mean i'm like it's perfect move on he and, and he got mad at me the first few times because he thought i was toying with him he thought i was right. joking or something and i was like no i hired you for for your style i don't want to change it this is great and and he, like we were getting into arguments i'm like i i don't know why we're arguing i'm happy with this let's move on you know but so, he said uh, he, he helped design he worked on the crudes as well yeah, that's yeah, so that's funny. Funny. that was our other video this week. So that's just kind oh, of was fun. it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. If you if you look up Carter Goodrich, he's got his own site and he's got a little section where uh, you can see his designs and you're just like, oh, my God, he designed Gru from you know, he designed uh, Me- uh, Merida wow. from Brave. He designed you know, all of that stuff and you can see it in his in his drawings they are just beautiful. And then on top of that, he does New Yorker covers. And then on top of that, he does these amazing children's books too. So oh, he's so just cool. he's an illustrator through and through. And so as artists, we really connected and we've become friends since. But it's just it he is responsible for all of that. Just like Jamie Thomason, our casting director, is responsible for the cast. You know, I mean, there's you know, like I, I just sat back and watched, you know. So uh so it, it is really hundred percent Carter in that. I like the character development because, uh, or the the design work because everybody looked different enough. Um, I can't think of his name, but he's like the the T T three thousand guy who sinks down, and he's the Brock. one that was Brock. Thank you. Yeah. Um, he had such a unique look compared to yeah. everyone else, where he just has this smashed nose and this uh really interesting profile to look at, and it looked yeah. so different from everyone else. Bodies were different and. I just found that to be a more believable world that all these different people and styles can exist in this universe. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it was it was so fun because uh, you know he gave me maybe five or six different versions of Brock, and uh, and you just see it and you're like, yeah. that's them. And but the the hardest one was Owen. Owen, yeah? he must have done thirty different drawings. We just couldn't come up with because he's just your every guy. There was right. nothing about him that was unique brock you kind of knew horatio chesterfield you know but linguine owen no zucchini zucchini yeah but brock (laughs) just i mean sorry uh, owen was just so so difficult and and you know we eventually eventually it clicked and it was my idea i'll take credit for the blue hair because i was Uh just like you know he need he needed something because otherwise he's just so plain and so boring um, that I just thought the blue hair and the purple hair were kind of fun and then he would just look like John Krasinski so boring John you look yeah. so boring we just need more regular shaped eyebrows that's all we need yeah yep <laughs> that's so neat and then I guess like you put it into the like computer and you're talking about like these different angles and is the storyboarding something that you were working on too no, um, so so Tony Bancroft, who directed Mulan, uh, he was my co-director, and Tony was in charge of storyboards. So he was head of story as well. And everybody wore multiple hats on the film, so I was art directing, writing, direct, you know, writing, directing, producing. He was uh, head of story and um, co-directing, and he brought on just like John Pomeroy, who was like he John Pomeroy co um, he 
co-founded Don Bluth Animation. I mean, he like worked oh, with wow. like wow. Roy Disney. I mean, he he worked on the original <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, and he did. He was the head, the lead animator of um, what's Michael J. Fox's character in in Atlantis for Disney. Oh yeah, I don't remember Milo, but, yeah. I think, or something My, like yeah, that. It seems right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So he was the lead animator of him, and and he was. Uh, he did John Smith in Pocahontas, and uh, so I mean, he was just a, like a famous, you know, uh, animator, and he lives here in Brentwood, Tennessee, and uh, and so he brought him on to do storyboards. He brought several really, really talented uh, um, and famous storyboard artists. So the storyboard artists we got were all Disney uh, people as well, because Tony had these wonderful connections, and they just kind of moonlighted uh, for us after work, which was really wow. cool. Yes, he's got wonderful storyboard artists too. The reason I asked is because one of the things I loved was, and it's mentioned, I think maybe even a a sin off is given during the uh, animals return to the circus queen montage, which literally gave me chills. Like just all those cool shots that are all happening and all these different, because you can have an animated movie that's just sort of like, they're moving from one side of the room to the other, but then like there's yeah. these really cool camera angles and it's really emotional feeling. It was just really well done. So yeah, um, that that yeah. was now, was now that particular scene. Uh, I'll give credit to Jaime Maestro, who was uh, our, our overseas director in Spain, and, uh, and he he came up with that whole. He actually picked the Queen song, and uh, and 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 you know it was just it was just one day I wake up and he's like. What do you think of this? Because I was like, oh, we'll put a montage here. But I never pick out a song. It was just, you know, I just wrote musical montage. You know, fun stuff happens. And, uh, <laughs> Do and things. So he, yeah. So he sends me this like, you know, cut animatic with Queen's, with the Queen song. And what he had originally done was he put the entire song, which is really long. And I was like, eh, it's a cool song, but I mean, it's really dragging along. And so I wasn't really sold on it at first. And then so he cut it. And then I was like, okay, this is really cool. And so I reached out to our music supervisor, Andy Ross, who um, the guys had uh, on their podcast because he did Whiplash. And Barrett's mm-hmm. a huge fan of Whiplash. Oh, yep. yeah. um, and Andy's like, yeah, you're not you're not going to get Queen. <laughs> it's going to be, because you know, we had no budget. You know, I was like, you're not going to get Queen. I was like, but the more we listened to it, we're like, God, it's just so perfect. And 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 we had already started animating to it. And it was just, yeah. and so we, 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 I said, Andy, we've, we've got to try to get this Queen song. He's like, Scott, they're Queen. You're not going, you don't have any money. They're not just going to give it to you. And uh, so we, I, I, I got him to convince uh, Queen to let us send them the clip. They watched it. They fell in love with it. They <gasps> gave it to us for a song for next to nothing. Uh, but it Aww. was just like you know, it, and 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 that was that was pretty much the entire movie was. You really shouldn't get Carter Goodrich. You really shouldn't get Queen. You really shouldn't get John Krasinski and Emily. But but you know, people just kind of they saw the, the they either story. saw the charm. Or they've pitied me, and I don't mind either one. But but people somehow they were just like, ah, what the heck, you know? I don't and, know. There's something about the story. Like it can be great animation, and it can have great music and stuff. But if the story blows, it, it shows, right? So yeah. I didn't mean to rhyme there, but that sounded super nicely done. Purpose. No, it's really well done. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's a really great thing to just pull out of audio. If it blows, it shows. It just doesn't sound good. <laughs> 
so we're going to pretend context that quote was of the day. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's yep. Yep. skip over that. Or maybe or maybe but, they were doing stuff for their kids. You know, they were like, "This is a movie my kids can yeah. watch," and you know, especially with John and Emily have younger kids. I know. How but. clever! You eat a cookie, you turn into the creature, but then the magic box has your per- like. That's just such a clever thing. What a fun story! Like here, look, I brought I brought an animal cracker. Oh, nice! It's, it's a cow. I don't know that I want to try this in front of you because I don't want to be disappointed and not turn into yeah. a cow. But, you know, it's just what a fun thing to do. Like that's and I think people are probably connected to the story of it. And you're right, Jonathan, there's if you have kids and you just you want to see this come to life. But that speaks to like your your uh, creativity and what you're presenting, because if it wasn't good, people wouldn't be attaching themselves to it. Yeah. I would hope so. I mean, uh, the the thing I heard a lot from from the actors and whatnot was that it had heart. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's one of those things That's... where what I lacked in experience and talent, <laughs> I made up for in just heart. Because I wrote I wrote the story for my kids, and yeah. um and 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 I think there was some since there was sincerity to it. Um, the 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 problem is is with um with uh, the audiences, they compare everything to a $150 million Pixar Disney. And that's the problem that, that just is, is visually. Um, and, and, and the, I mean, a Pixar film is edited to perfection. It, it, they're, they're just perfect all the way through. Um, they might lack the heart. They might lack some of the originality because they go through that machine. But people expect that. People, people are, are, are accustomed to that. You throw out something that, I mean, we never really got a chance to edit the film. So our film was never edited. It, it's a first time I had all that opening story, all the stuff that, and you just kind of got thrown out there with no marketing and, and people were like, you can't compare the two. You know, it's there, right. there's, there's no comparison. So um, I, I feel that um, thanks to the podcast, the CinemaSins podcast, I think that people having a bit of backstory and realizing these are not apples and apples. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're two separate things. These are, they can't be compared to in the, in, in the same, uh, in the same way. Um, you know, you're and yet you at- had these massive big hitters come and be like, we like the story. We're sitting in this camp. Like yeah. that's got to feel so cool. Yeah, definitely. It, is. it does. Definitely not apples uh, when you're dealing with CinemaSins. No, nothing's apples to apples because <laughs> no. apples indicate no. uh, very bad things. Apples are assholes. That's, that's, that's right. crazy that's- though you say that you, you really didn't even get much of an edit to it. because No, we didn't get an his- edit at all. Oh, wow. Um, that's that's what, incredible. What happened was when we delivered the film, uh, to, to Netflix, it need it. They took every single shot. It, it basically it's every shot we ever animated, and they just put it up onto Netflix. And we were never given a chance to edit the film. Um, and, wow. and that was because of the, the the legal issues we were going through with the sure. uh, that that one investor. But <clears throat> that was something Tony and I like. We always thought we were going to you know get to sit down in an editing room and cut 15, 20 minutes out of that opening because you know. By that point, we had I'd realized, okay, a lot of people are mentioning this is a little slow. Let's kind of trim this <laughs> up, and you know, but uh, no, we never got to. I mean, I think despite that, um, I mean, basically, you got the Snyder cut uh, of, of yeah. Animal nice. Crackers, right? That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, I think I, I can also see it being an inspirational thing for other animators and storytellers out there who will see your story where you have heart and you have this experience and it's a different type of a story that doesn't have you know maybe all of the budget or the pixar stuff that we're talking about but it i don't know i find that i get inspired by stories like that i would say that maybe we could put it in the underdog category essentially but yeah not even that just the idea that if you 
create something that there's still a chance that it's going to be picked up and widely um, enjoyed because it's not that it's out there and people aren't enjoying it. People love it. And that's the other cool part. Like, sure, there's stuff that we would all go back and change on any number of things, but... Yeah, Danae, that's all yeah. very, very inspiring and heartwarming. Let's, let's talk about the sins. And, yeah, let's, we got a job to do here. Let's, uh, let's get into the video and talk a little bit about the sins themselves. Um, Scott, do you want to start us off with some of your like things that stood out to you from the video, like sins that made you laugh or? I mean, the whole thing made me laugh. Uh, with yeah, joy. It was it was wonderful. Uh, the the two notes that I had uh for barrett when he sent it to me <laughs> um which which weren't notes but the funny ones were uh the first one was uh about tony bancroft you know tony bancroft directed mulan and this opening scene is be our guest from uh, right beauty, from and, the beauty and the beast and, right yeah, yeah which which first of all completely true we totally ripped off the beauty and the beast song i mean that was the whole point of it you know uh <laughs> hey, gonna, but but second of all for the best yeah tony was one of the lead animators of Cogsworth in Beauty and the Beast. Ah. So I don't like, he actually animated in that scene, you know? So, you know, uh, your fans might pick that up. And the other one was the Lion King one, where he's like, Tony Bancroft directed Mulan. He didn't do the Lion King. I was like, he was literally the lead animator of Pumbaa. (laughs) Those those were two of the funny ones that that I I remember pointing out to him. I was like, I, I don't have a problem with it. I was just... Yeah, you know, yeah, that's you might want to you know, do some research, guys. Some research, I mean, come man. on, yeah, <laughs> Google, man, Google. Uh, Jonathan, what were some of your favorite sins from the video? Saying stuff in French that was perfectly fine in English. That was just a very, <laughs> very Jeremy thing. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy doing the Simpsons uh-huh. uh, was, yeah. was yeah. great. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> Um, I like the I like the subtle not subtle but the small ones like attempted murder I thought was a great one and uh, just the term uh, uh, meat vomit which I had <laughs> I had that never one heard too. Which I, oh my god and I I take I take a little umbrage with the void PF Chang's but PF Chang's is tasty yeah and uh, <laughs> I've been enough. to that one in Cool Springs many times yeah. <laughs> very tasty there's Cool Springs again. It's just um, making its way into the conversation. I, I also <laughs> wanted to mention, how can you make biscuits that have too much mayonnaise but not make a biscuit that tastes like a hamburger? Uh, that made me giggle quite a bit. Um, and then the one that I was just like, yeah, was, wait, does Owen's phone ring like a call when he gets texts? Like, you know, just that observation of why is his phone ringing? Uh, I thought was really good, too. Uh, phone sins are always easy to pick out in things because... It's so interesting how we show that people are on a phone in in media. They'll pick up their phone and, and it doesn't go black. And so we can send that it doesn't go dark because it's fake. You know, there's just there's so mm-hmm. many ways to send yeah. phones. It's also, an easy... this is you doing phones in like 2014, right? And <laughs> That's <yeah>. true. <laughs> I mean, it's a fair point. That's a fair point. That's true. Much Dan- has changed. Danae, did you have any sins you wanted to, to bring to the forefront? I cracked up at quite a few. Um when they say I hate it when Esmeralda refers to her boobs as the Himalayas, I died. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um, sinning the trees that don't grow naturally like this and the city wasting a ton of unnecessary money on tree pruning mm-hmm. um, was really great. The whole the whole manure sin was a delight to listen to. And I have that. I have more on that in my comment section. Um, so uh, I think a lot of it, though, continues to be the delivery, the way that jeremy delivers yeah yeah uh, scene so does not contain a balrog loved that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i gotta say you mentioned the uh 
the the one sin about the cans um, with the different flavors, uh, the mayonnaise and whatnot. And I think one of them is spelled wrong, and he pointed it out. I totally didn't pick up on that. And and right. the thing is because it was done in Spain, and, and that's not English isn't their language. So it, it's so funny that like it got past everybody, and yep. Jeremy found it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. We have the same thing with our videos. Our yeah. job is to nitpick this stuff. And we will go to the comments and be like, how did we spell your wrong in our subtitles? <laughs> like, this went through 10 people. Like, you know, like, you just become, the, there's an error blindness that happens where, yeah. you know, you yeah. just, it looks good, you know, and yeah, yeah it's I, crazy. I, I, one of my lessons is, us. yeah, yeah, is don't don't trust Spanish to, to write perfect English. You got to spell check it. <laughs> Sure, sure. Um, I did. I did want to mention though, since you talked about talking to Stallone, I love the Rocky Floor outtake, and I think if I met Stallone, I would one hundred percent ask him about that speech because even in like nineteen eighty five, we were like, that was weird. <laughs> does he? Does he think? Does he think he just solved the crisis between the U.S. and Russia with a boxing match? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's also funny because we he, he cured racism. He cured yeah. racism, and we just talked about that in the past slash future to us, depending yeah. on where you are, uh, because there's a sin about that in the Crudes. There's that that same Rocky oh, speech yeah. comes up in the Crudes video. So um, that's, always, that's always funny man. how that happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> amazing stuff chris uh, and i will recite that to each other sometimes because yeah. we just think it's hilarious <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the kind of relationship friendship people aim to achieve that's in their right. lives. yeah rocky speech if quoting you can change <laughs> for me it's the independence day speech i will just randomly give that to uh you know to people uh every he's, once in a while he's not joking by the way <laughs> <laughs> well, i asked alone i asked alone about the uh, the speech from um was it rocky five the, the, the one where he's talking to his son, he's like, nothing hits you harder than life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just keeps coming and it keeps not, you know, I asked him about that. I was like, did you, where'd you get? He's like, oh, I just came up with that. I was like, that's like one of the greatest Rocky speeches ever, <laughs> yeah. you know? It really so. is. And that was, that was Sage, right? In that movie, wasn't it? I think that was his son yeah. in real life. Yeah, plays yeah. his son, I think so. Who, you know, passed away. Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I haven't watched the fifth one in a long time. That's amazing. Amazing stuff. I get I only had one other sin and it was a it's a question that doesn't mean anything, but that's what the show is. Um the TV dinner, was it hot or was it cold? I, it, it was cold. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was cold. He was just eating cold TV dinner. The the back and forth, the but probably, but still, but maybe. But nah. But still. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And if that's you know, right. sometimes you sometimes, eat a cold TV dinner, it happens. That's right. That's right. That's right. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I, I talk, wow, is this how Aaron feels when we're? I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. All right, let's move on to keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. Uh, this is the segment of the show where we usually talk about our writing process and kind of in, uh, interesting research we had to do, uh, reasons we're on an FBI watch list now, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, but we've got the writer of Animal Crackers with us. So, Scott, I want to go back to the writing process for our Keeping Tabs uh, section and just ask you, was there any kind of weird, strange research you had to do? Things, you know, that you never, you know, stories behind how things came to you? You know, kind of take us back to the the origins and, and if there are any funny stories or interesting stories, um, you know, back then. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the the whole idea came from me eating animal crackers with my kids in the backyard. Um, so we were just playing around and, and it was just like, hey, what if when you ate this lion cookie, you become a lion? You know, <laughs> so that was kind of fun. And uh, but, you know, when when uh, my. I wrote it as a as a graphic novel, which I do all of my stuff. I wrote graphic novels. I was never wrote a screenplay. It was actually my buddy Kevin Grievous who wrote Underworld. Um, he told me he's like, "Why don't you turn this into a screenplay?" I was like, I, "I I went to art school. I don't know anything about writing a screenplay." He's like, "I was a microbiologist when I wrote Underworld because you don't need a degree <laughs> or anything. You just write it, you know." So he was the one who actually convinced me to write the script, and when I did. Um, cause in the, in the book it's, uh, Owen and Zoe are brother and sister cause they're my niece and nephew, my wife's sister's kids. And, uh, and so I decided to age them up because, you know, really people don't want, it was going to be a live action film originally, and people don't want to have kid actors at the time. So I made them husband and wife. So that was, that was kind of weird to, to do that and then see that happen and then it wound up becoming an animated movie anyhow but i didn't change a single thing from the script from live action to animation it was just kind of just a we just use the same script wow so now yeah. i want to I see mean, this live action version as well well yeah okay listen that's in vogue right now you know we yeah. we, we yeah. all expect the animal crackers the live action version within the next few years uh, i think it should happen this uh, time with less buildup in the beginning. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we expect you to address every single thing mentioned in the Sins video well, for, actually, the, for the live action. Those, what you could do, though, you could turn it into two movies. You could have you could have the prequel, and then mm-hmm. yeah. and then yeah. and then the, there you go. D- give it the Peter Jackson treatment. <laughs> there you go. So did you do any, like, when you were writing, did you do any research into, like, animal behavior, like, that you wanted to have fun with, or, like, biscuit or making, what it, or... What happens to children when they ingest uh, unregulated <laughs> items that have them change colors and belch a lot? You guys have only to warn thing... me before I drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the way. Thank you. There was only two times that I did research. Um, the first time was when Ian McKellen said he'd do it, 
I got out a thesaurus because there was no way I was going to let a Shakespearean actor read my third grade level writing. That's um, amazing. I did that. And then, um, and then when uh, Emily Blunt came on board, I went back and I, um, I, I was kind of looking at the landscape because this was 2015. I was kind of looking at the Me Too landscape mm-hmm, sure. and, and looking at it from a woman's point of view of, because what had happened was John was like, hey, you know, my wife really thinks the script is great. Um, and, you know, he's like, you know, do you want her to come in the movie? And we're like, yeah. And so, you know, hey, you want to be in the movie? Yeah. That's how Emily came on board. We're like, we didn't pitch it to her. She, John pitched her to us. So I kind of looked at it and went, oh, crap. And I looked at it from as best as I could from a woman's point of view and went, she's just the wife. There's there's nothing here. And so I went back and I said, I, I've got to rewrite this with her as a living, breathing human being because that nice. is just, you know. And so she became so much stronger throughout several more passes um, where she was the one who took the initiative to go and save the, the circus. She's the one who, she and Mackenzie go and, and, and help save uh, defeat um, uh, Horatio. Horatio. You know, so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so she becomes more of a driving force. And, and in doing so, it started to mirror my relationship with my wife because before this movie happened, we were on food stamps. We were, our house was in foreclosure and we were trying to make a movie and we weren't able to raise the funds. And my wife said, you know what? I will go back to work and I will, I will keep, keep you know the house payments going i will keep us fed while you figure this out and so she went back to work for three years and you know working odd jobs and you know working at target or whatever she could to keep us afloat so we can make this happen so it's always been a teamwork kind of situation and and so there was there was these that moment it took emily blunt to come on my movie but there was this moment where i had to see how i was writing um very myopically I'm so glad you brought that up because that was one of the things about that I had written in my notes I didn't talk about was the choice to give her the circus that she takes the reins and she makes it happen. I personally loved that and I loved the little girl being able to, you know, save the day at the end, you know, against yeah. this big, you know, chimera or chimera mm-hmm. depending on how you pronounce it. Gif jif. Yeah. We can have that <laughs> conversation later. <laughs> but I'm so I'm that's really a beautiful thing to be inspired by those that are coming on board that you want to honor their perspective and then also bringing able to fold in your wife too that just makes me love it you know even more well, thanks thanks i mean i i, I really can't take i mean if anything i feel bad for not seeing it initially but sure that's that's a part of growing up you know i mean i'm i'm 51 i'll be 52 on friday but uh i i just we're, we're always constantly learning constantly trying to become better people and uh, by by seeing the world through other people's eyes, and that's one thing that art and writing definitely helps you do. Um, it, it, it definitely, hopefully, makes you a better person, and uh, and I hope to be able to do that more and, and you know take it and build on that. Happy, happy birthday, really by the thing. way! Yeah, happy birthday! <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> it is a common thing too for for someone to go, okay, well, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it, and then it takes them time to come around. Yeah, it just seemed like a really real thing to happen. Yeah, you know, it, it was it was it was actually a point of contention. Um, not 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 in a mean way, but Tony uh, Bancroft, my co-director, was um, coming at it from the Disney kind of um, I want to say conveyor, but it's a, a production line kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it, it just it's the Disney way of doing things. Is, is it's what's called the hero's journey, 
Right. And so he wanted it to be, we've got to get rid of the beginning. We should start with Owen and end with Owen. And the whole thing should be about Owen. we got to make, you know, make it easy for the viewers to know who the hero is, what they're doing, stay on them as much as possible, et cetera, et cetera. We don't need Binkley's story. We don't need Brock's story. We don't need Horatio's story. We don't need all this backstory. Or Bullet we Man? Bullet yeah. Man had his moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but the thing is, is that that's a very Disney thing to do. And, and so um, I just, as I was watching how the world was changing, as I was realizing how my relationship with my wife mirrored Zoe and, and Owen, I was fighting for that uh, on the sidelines going, oh, this is really what I want to do. And, and it was tough because I wanted, I mean, Binkley goes from this shy, stuttering person to co-owning, you know, the company. Um, you know, I, I wanted everybody to have their own arcs and I wanted uh, to make sure that the women had, um, that were more realistic. And mm-hmm. and so it, it was just, and it wasn't that Tony was fighting me against that because, I mean, he has, all, he has all daughters. I mean, he, he definitely wasn't fighting me from a chauvinistic point of view. But the status quo, the way that big studios like Disney work is focus on the on the hero and, and that yeah. hero's journey concept. It's just refreshing to see something different, though, because we're trained for that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah. like I said at the very beginning, I was trained. I'm like looking for who I'm supposed to. OK, who am I supposed to know? But this gave so much more like more story. There was more there. Not- it's not confusing. And I mean, you know, like I said, I watched it with my daughter. I mean, she was never like, wait, what's going on? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. it's, it's not confusing at all. And yeah, like, like Danae said, I mean, the animation and the storytelling, I liked a lot because it was different and nothing against. I mean, Disney and Pixar, obviously in DreamWorks, even occasionally they make, you know, they make very good movies, obviously, yeah. but um, it's nice to see something different yeah. every now and then. Yeah. I agree. 100% agree. I want to go back real quick, though. You said uh, John pitched Emily. I just like that to me is is funny because it's like, what's he like? Uh, by the way, I'm married to an actor. And, uh, okay. it's, really... it's, even, it's even funnier <laughs> if I tell you the whole story, which is when I was, uh, we didn't have Owen and Zoe. Uh, we had, you know, we had Stallone, we had everybody else, but we didn't have Owen and Zoe. Um, when Jamie Thomason, our casting director, said, hey, what do you think about John Krasinski? I said, who? And he's like, the guy from The Office. Like, I, I've never seen The Office. Uh, well, he was in a movie, uh, Leatherheads. I'm like, the one with uh, George Clooney? Yeah. Like, which one? I one of the football guys. I, I, I don't remember. Okay. Well, trust me. He's funny. Okay. Well, I trust you. And so we brought in John Krasinski. I flew out from Nashville to LA. I met with John and he was fantastic. So we did the whole session and, uh, and he was amazing. We're like, okay, you're definitely Owen afterwards it was when he's like you know hey he goes you know my wife just absolutely loved your script just thought it was adorable and i didn't know who he was married to because i didn't know who he was so i was like oh thanks and i walked away (laughs) (laughs) so so fortunately the mics were hot and everybody in the room comes running into the studio and they're like wait 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 john john yeah and so i'm like why are you pestering this poor man about his wife that's just rude you know so it wasn't until later i found that he was married to emily blunt but yeah so it was it was oh a little more embarrassing than i originally uh, that'd be funny if he was like yeah my, my wife was interested in you know would you be interested in her being in the movie and it's more of like a pat on the head sure buddy sure oh, yeah shit. i'm sure your wife yeah. is <laughs> i'm sure she's really talented you know yeah. but i'll try my wife first and we'll see. <laughs> oh my god that's amazing you know i i do wonder though if oftentimes those famous people can appreciate that someone doesn't 
know that who they are and gets to like meet them on a different level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I was warned ahead of time not to tell John that I didn't know who the hell he was. <laughs> so right. It, I don't think it came up in conversation. Well, uh, trouble for you. He loves our podcast. Yeah. He he's a big listener now. So yeah. I think, I think so he's going to find it. out. Yeah. He's going to figure <laughs> it out once in a, once once this goes out. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're just going to take a look at the uh, comments specifically from Animal Crackers this week since we've got Scott with us hanging out. Um, Scott, why don't you kick us off again uh, as you uh, went through the comments and answered them one by one as you are uh, want to do. Uh, how did you feel about <laughs> some of uh, I, some of our comments? I thought they were great. I, I wound up writing a macro for uh, explaining to everybody who had asked <laughs> What the hell is this movie? I've never even heard of it. So, uh, so yes, you'll see the copy and paste of uh, the guys did a Cinema Sins uh, podcast of this, and you can see it here on Netflix and yada yada mm-hmm. yada. But um, that was that was probably the, the most popular one. Is what the hell movie is this? Why are you even doing this? I've mm-hmm. never heard of it. Um, and so, uh, so that was fun. Um, I, I I think I had a lot of fun um, just teasing some people and and uh, because people were like wait. Is this really the official, <laughs> the right, official yeah. YouTube you, account? Yeah. Are you actually the guy? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but my favorite here, I, I brought it up. My favorite uh, conversation with somebody was um, this guy named Metro said this movie was so boring. I put it on, fell asleep, and forgot I ever watched it. <laughs> to which I replied, <laughs> I replied, "Well, glad we could help you get some sleep." <laughs> Uh, he res- he responded, "What the hell? It's the Animal Crackers movie." To which I wrote, "That's right. It's the movie. Now go back and watch it and love it. Love it like you've never loved a movie before." And then he responded, "I'm signing into Netflix at an alarming rate to experience the film Animal Crackers and fulfill my life's purpose." So I thought that was a fun That's awesome. Interaction. Oh, that is so great. I envy that you have the stomach to go through YouTube comments and answer all of them. Uh, I, I wish know, I had that. People, I found that 99.9% of the time, um, once people realize that they're speaking to the creator of the thing, and as long as you know you you come in with a thank you, um, they almost always change their mind. I mean, I I, I can't count. Actually, give me a second. I can. Um, if I go to uh, our YouTube channel and I look at our trailer, we have how many how many thousands of. 8,000 comments on on this. So we have 8,000 comments. I've responded to every single one of them. Um, so I, I have found with every single one of those, because there's, I would say, a third of those comments are, this sucks. This is, you know, this is mm-hmm. the worst. Mm-hmm. This looks like it. And I've responded to every single one of them. And I think every single one of them has responded to me saying, you know what, actually might not be so bad. I'll give it a shot. And, yeah. uh, and so it's just, I, I take the Mr. Rogers approach. Um, yeah. Mr. Rogers neighborhood is just show them some kindness, show them that you're a human being. And this is my film. And I answer all the questions. And I just found that that um, it, it, it's not a cure all. I mean, there's just people who are just trying to be trolls, but uh, for the most part, people, you can find people's humanity by just giving them a chance. Yeah. I think, Absolutely. I think many times they think they're being funny. They think they're, you yeah. know, this is what you do on YouTube and you know, that kind of thing. And, and no, I, I am completely with you and I, I really uh, appreciate that about you. I think that's really cool. That's um, very cool. Danae, what about you? What were some of your, your favorite comments? 
Uh, well, I only chose one this week because I'm going to obey the rules okay. of our show. Okay, sounds good. Um, this one comes from Pilot Yoda, who says, Did you notice that the sign on the manure farm was B. Tannen, as in Biff Tannen from Back to the Future? The guy who kept running into the manure truck? I can't believe that didn't get a mention. And I thought I'd bring it up and see if that yeah. was intentional. Oh, absolutely. Um, I... I there's no way to do that accidentally i don't think yeah you know? so it was it was definitely a nod to back to the future yeah we, That's did, awesome. we did the outtake on that too didn't we in the outtake package think, at the end i think so yeah i think it was brought up at least uh referenced um jonathan what about you um i just i <laughs> i just picked this is a movie you can definitely watch while you're high. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and now I'm really curious what you commented on that one. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, a couple people had mentioned, uh, I'm sure the writer was high when he wrote it, too. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah. <laughs> I said no, but it probably would have helped. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm just wondering, is there a movie you can't watch while you're high? Like, I'm just I'm trying to, not that I'm an expert, but. Oh, man, I will never forget the first movie I ever saw when I was high. It was, um, I think it was, is it The Bone Collector? Oh, my. <laughs> With um, Denzel Washington? Yeah, is it Denzel and he's Where like... he's in the uh, bed, he's uh, yeah, quadriplegic then, or whatever, yeah. Oh, what's her Angelina name? Angelina Jolie. Thank you. This is why I love not having to have a brain myself and come up with this stuff. <laughs> All I have to do is just do the... the I watched that movie. It was the first movie I ever watched high, and I wow. swear to God, I spent the first 20 minutes convinced that i had already figured the movie out because i was just like well i've got i know exactly what's going on (laughs) (laughs) i've got galaxy brain it was yeah i had galaxy brain like my mind is open up to the universe and i'm watching this mystery and it was incredibly intense i don't i don't recommend it actually it was exhausting uh i'll mention this one first just because it's one of my favorite running gags in the comment uh section but bernal animates was the one this time uh that said why does it that why does this comment say 17 hours ago but the video was posted three minutes ago <laughs> guys guys don't you know and by the now first, the first response is just bruh <laughs> and, that's gotta be <laughs> and then the second the, res- the second response is hold on i get to say it this time it's the Patreon members. I just love that, that oh it's my God. become a running gag uh, in the comment section. Um, yeah, I love the speaking of the high thing um, or speaking of, I guess, drugs. Uh, Harl's in charge says, I'm pretty sure they had ex- uh, access to uh, Yzma's secret lab from the uh, Emperor's New Groove. I thought that was a funny comment. Yeah. And then... Uh, Triple G says, I'm not wasting my time asking you a question you've answered in an interview. I'm asking you the hard-hitting question. What is your favorite animal? So, Scott, the hard-hitting question has been asked. What is your oh, favorite animal? I already animal? answered it. Yeah, what did you say? I said a cheetah, the fastest land animal. Nice. That's, That's a good rad. choice. Yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice choice indeed. Well, if there you I, go. If I had one question that we haven't answered so far that I think I might regret not asking, that it's a little bit morbid, is what happens if you eat a people cracker that's not your own people? Do you, you become, become that, that other people? Yeah, oh. that's why. That's why. Uh, it's Chesterfield mentioned at the offers, end. Yeah, Chesterfield offers him Brock's cookie, and yeah. Owen's like, no, because he could have been human, okay. but he would have looked like Brock. Okay, but would he be himself in Brock's body, or would he yeah. be Brock? No, he'd be himself in Brock's body, so uh, you could actually body swap. Dude. Yeah. That's a whole other movie, man. Yeah. Then you can go to another <laughs> movie where they're eating parts of other people, and like have like. Like you can have, that's what, if you say at the end, he's like, I've yeah. got to sort out the pieces. Otherwise, yeah, you're going like, to have his head on your body. And, you know, so yeah, yeah. what would happen to like the Sawyer clan and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? They would just yeah. be all different 
people, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a horror spinoff right there. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I understood the rules. Well, and I'm what animal pretty... crackers do you prefer? The animal you said the ones you ate out in the yard or with the your Barnums. kids. They're oh the yes, Barnums thank one. you. Yeah. That, those are yeah. the only ones. That's that's yeah. they it's, got that's a little bit of crackers. a lemony flavor. Yep. And, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a shortbread <laughs> lemon kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's that. Yeah, the Barnums one is the correct. The other ones are answer. just kind of bland and don't yeah. have like any flavor to them. The other the other ones <laughs> the other companies make. I yeah. found. That's right. Yeah, I agree. I think we've solved the important uh, discussion. Yep. No. Yeah, uh, let's have. move on to Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're each going to chat about something else from the world of pop culture that we have seen recently. Uh, Scott's going to join us for this, and we'll let Scott finish us off. Uh, Jonathan, what do you have? Why don't you kick us off? Uh, Um, I guess, although it's only three episodes in, because that's all that was made available this past week, but I watched the the first three episodes of The Flight Attendant on uh, HBO Max which is a murder mystery kind of thing. It was, it's actually based on a novel from 2018. I'm going to butcher this name by Chris uh, Bohalian, I'm going to go with. And um, I'm going to guess that's a silent J maybe. Uh, but anyways, it stars uh, Kaylee Cuoco um, as the uh, titular character, the flight attendant. She, uh, you find out very quickly, she wakes up uh, after a night in, I believe she's, God, I can't remember what country she's in now. I mean, she's in an Asian country, but I can't remember specifically where she is. But she, uh, maybe Bangkok, she wakes up in the morning after she's had a affair with somebody she met on the plane. And he is in the bed next to her, horribly slaughtered, uh, you know, just murdered. Mm. And uh, she <laughs> she doesn't remember anything that happened the previous night because she got really drunk. A tale as old as time. Yeah, tell us all this time. It's happened to all of us. Happened to all and then, of us, so, yeah. so it takes off from there. This type uh, of story I get been... it. It takes off from yeah, there. there you go. Very nicely uh, done. I actually, I I'm, I feel like Danae now because I didn't mean to do that. Um, <laughs> That's all right, Jonathan. You're just very plain spoken. I get it. I understand. But yeah, but this, I mean, this story's been, this story's been told a lot. Like, you know, like there's the Jane Fonda movie, The Morning After. And, you know, they, like I feel like this story's been told a lot. But what's really cool about this, what I'm loving so far about it, um, is that Kaylee Cuoco is so good in this. Um, is it a I hope comedy? I'm saying her last name right. It's not, which it's interesting because okay, I've read the book and the book is straight up thriller. Um, the show is still very much a mystery thriller, but she definitely brings her own kind of um, acting to it. So it definitely, you know, she's, I mean, I've I've only really seen her in The Big Bang Theory. I haven't really seen her in much else. Um, I know she was in that show, John Ritter's like last show, The Eight Simple Rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't yeah. watch that. But um, she's definitely she's I don't know if quirky is the right. I guess maybe kind of quirky. You know, she's definitely got like you know that type of thing going on. So there is a little bit of like dark humor in it, I would say, because just her reactions to everything that's going on is just so. It's just such an insane situation. And then the show also does this thing where, um, who is it? Michael uh, Huseman, is that how you say his last name, from Game of Thrones? I'm not sure. And uh, The Haunting of Hill House. But um, he plays the guy who gets killed. And um, he pops up, though, in her mind, like she's having, she's trying to figure out what's going on. So there's these scenes of, like, inner monologue. And she's actually, she's kind of created, like, he, like, kind of exists in her mind, I guess. And she's having conversations with him, trying to figure out what's going on. 
which is definitely not something that's in the book. That's something they just have in the show. But it's, uh, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. I think her performance and the use of that makes this a little different than your standard variation of this type of mystery. Uh, Zoziah Mamet's in it from Girls, David Mamet's daughter. Uh, I already said Michael Huseman, Rosie Perez, uh, T.R. Knight from Grey's Anatomy, Griffin Matthews from uh, Dear White People. Uh, he's really good in it. Um, it's just, it's really fun so far. Uh, it seems to pretty much be following the book, but like I said, there's a few different things, so I'm not sure mm. how they're going to go with it. And like I said, I've only seen the first three episodes, but they were a lot of fun. Um, I, I really enjoyed myself with it. So so that that was my recommend. That's a recommend for me, Flight Attendant on HBO Max. Cool. Uh, Danae, why don't you go next? Okay. But first, I am having a little bit of a freak out moment. Okay. And I just need to go on this real quick side quest Are journey coming down? for a second. Are you coming down from a high? Is, is there? No, I, oh, don't, okay. I don't do that anymore okay, because I know enough. it's illegal and I can't without <laughs> getting in big trouble. But listen, I just realized something and I'm going to have like a little bit of a freak out. The Dreamland Chronicles? That's you? Yeah. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> I... You don't even know. Like, my heart is racing right now. So... Oh, my God. This is amazing. Holy well, hold on, fucking... Hold on. It was so funny because earlier when you're like, hey, I do some web comics, immediately I saw Danae go, hmm? Like, because she like, loves web comics. Web comics. Like, yeah. Okay. No, I'm freaking the fuck out right now. I am too now. I'm kind of sweating. <laughs> I'm okay. If 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 there's if there's one thing I can thank you, fucking love it. <laughs> it's one of the first web comics that I ever read. It, wow. it was like my it was like my gateway comic. Um, I was introduced to it when I used to work at this uh, call center where we used to have downtime on our calls. And so this guy that I worked with was like, you should get into web comics. I'm like, I love comics. And he's like, get into web comics. They're on the web. I'm like, of course they're on the web. Why wouldn't I have thought of that? <laughs> and so. We had this thread that we kept together, this uh, spreadsheet on Excel that just had all these links to all these web comics that we listened, that we would read. And so he sent me some of uh, the ones that he liked. I started to find some in Dreamland Chronicles was one of them. Okay, so then all of a sudden, I just, I'm Googling, I'm like, web comic, okay, which one is it? Da, 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 da. And then I started to shake, like my hands are shaking. I'm not even kidding. And then, and then I'm like, oh my God, I haven't gone there in so long. And then it's like being like redone right now. And then, oh my yeah. God, they were at the beginning of the fucking movie. And I saw the, I saw yeah. the, them and I was like, why do I know that? Where is that from? And it's like, from that. <laughs> okay, sorry. Amazing. I'm sorry. No, that was a moment. That's, that was beautiful. Yeah, that is. That's that's. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. So did you did you read it all the way through? Did you get to no. see it all the way to the end? No, I got super distracted with life. Uh, and then I lost the list and I couldn't remember all of the ones that I was following. So oh I've been picking up webtoons again. In fact, I, I talk about my webcomics almost every mm -hmm. week of which ones I'm reading and loving. And so I went to the website. I'm like having this like resurgence of excitement. And then I'm seeing it's not in 3D anymore. And so I, I yeah. have to get caught up. Obviously, I'm super behind now. But <gasps> holy shit. I'll send you <laughs> the entire because I, I finished the series in 2016. So I will send it to send it to you as PDFs. And if okay. you want, I got books too and toys. Okay. So. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, I'm kind of glad I didn't know that it was you because I think I probably would have been 70 times more freaked out to see you today. 
Well, thank you. That that was so. just kind of shocking, though. So I'm yeah, still- <laughs> cool. Yeah, you're like the, you know the writer, director, creator, and everything of this animated film on Netflix. But you're the that- dreamer. <laughs> this is the first time you know, all the talk about Animal Crackers and Sylvester Stallone and Emily Blunt. This is the first time anybody's ever brought up the Dreamland Chronicles. So this I did, is I did cool. forget, though. I, it, can I ask shit. him a question real quick today? I did want to ask of you course. what exactly you did on Free Enterprise because I saw that was. I'm a huge Star Trek guy, and I oh, saw that yeah. was. I saw that was in your uh, your IMDb list. I'm I'm also yeah. a fan of Mark A. Altman. I've read all of his stuff. Yeah, Mark. Uh, Mark and written. I. We're old fan, old friends, and we oh, we'd cool. work on a couple Star Trek comics together, and uh, we just became fast friends. and And uh, he was, we were working on a comic book together, and he needed the, I think, uh, his company logo or something. I did a logo for the movie, and uh, and so that was it. That was it. What I didn't do oh, okay. really, it wasn't you, anything spectacular. Because your name sounded familiar. Are you on any of his podcasts? No, no. Okay. I, you know, like we've spoken maybe once or twice over the last. 13 years but once we once we moved from los angeles 13 years ago mm-hmm. um you know just because we were we would see each other weekly for we did volleyball in manhattan beach so like we would drive down and play volleyball together so it was kind of like a that like the volleyball scene in free enterprise is a real yeah, thing yeah and so that that and, yeah but uh, yeah well that was amazing today uh so a part a I, I, of your uh your beyond the sins <laughs> is dreamland chronicles go read dreamland chronicles yeah, go yeah. Check it out. okay like i was gonna talk about magic uh soda pop i'll save that for next time go read uh for for my web uh comic lovers you can go to um okay so now i'm on amazon and i'm seeing that i can like the old 3d ones the originals yeah. are those all on uh, Amazon all on Kindle and okay. uh, yeah and and that's the entire thing. Okay, so I'm seeing like the imagery of uh, the of a dragon, and I'm like, okay, I remember that. So I know I was at least in book four. So anyway, <laughs> go read that. Like, we'll talk about my other web comics later, and it's been redone. It's been so... redone with with new art, which really, really Tracy Bailey is just an amazing. She's just. You, you, you'll you'll read it with new eyes and we actually have it up on patreon we're on chapter four right now but she's so the dreamland chronicles.com read along yeah. with me um and then we can talk about it uh on twitter and discord and all the other places you guys message me about your love of web comics just like i love web comics well, so that's, that's what i'm going to talk about today i forget everything else that was amazing that is one of my favorite moments yeah. of all time that was <laughs> that was that was beautiful <laughs> yeah that was that was really amazing okay. <laughs> I can't imagine what that feels like to have like that that rush of like gratitude and nostalgia and all that like at the same time where you like have this revelation that the person you've been talking to for an hour is like you know one of the people who created something that meant something so deeply to you and yeah that's yeah. that's awesome that's it, really cool it's even more amazing from my point of view yeah, so. like I'm, yeah. I'm literally I'm fighting back tears because I'm wearing I'm wearing <laughs> Stop makeup because then I'll start crying okay, <laughs> okay, okay Just, we can okay. all cry. <laughs> If I can Suck cry, then you can cry, and then we all can cry. Uh, to quote, quote uh, Stallone. Uh, well, unless you had something to do with the recent movie, The Nest, I'm not going to have a similar moment uh, to Danae. <laughs> oh, I've heard about this. Is uh, that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, cool. I got a chance to see The Nest recently. In fact, I think it's out uh, now available for streaming, at least for rental. Um, but this is a, a really interesting thriller, question mark, because... It's just kind of a, a normal life um, haunted movie. It's kind of like how it's it's basically this family going through normal 
family stuff, of moving and marriage stuff and parenting stuff, but it's almost shot and feels a little bit like a, like a haunted house movie. And you're kind of half expecting for a lot of this movie that maybe there is a supernatural element to it, you know, just because of, again, the way they, they kind of go about it. Um, but it is, uh, it is not a movie that you should go into passively. I think it's a movie you're going to want to kind of give yourself to if you're going to enjoy it. Personally, it is not my type of movie at the end of the day, but it is um, it is definitely something that I can I can see you enjoying, uh, Jonathan. I think you may specifically really enjoy uh, this movie just for the tone and the performances um, and, and that kind of thing as well. So cool. Well, and I love I love Carrie Coon. So yeah, she's um, incredible in it. And, yeah. In the and again, you've got. Uh, Carrie Coon and Jude Law playing the the couple at the center of this, and they're both so good in it, make it so authentic, so believable that even though I found the movie to be a little below my pace, um, that I, I was still interested just because those performances were so good and I bought into no, it. No, yeah, this, so. this totally sounds like a movie I would love and everybody else would be like, oh, the movie's boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so you might want to check that one out. And if you two are like Jonathan and enjoy boring movies, uh, you can check it out as No, well. it is, uh, no, it's uh, slow burns is, yeah. the correct, is the correct thing to say. It is definitely a slow burn. And I will say when this movie came to an end, end i i my looking back on it i have a higher um estimation of it than while going through it uh it went somewhere that i really appreciated by the end um and so there have been a couple movies this year that have done that what was the one that was uh, a metaphor for aging and um, oh, i haven't seen it but i think it's relic right yeah relic did that to me where i just really didn't enjoy the movie at all until i realized what was going on and with the metaphor at the end and then and then in hindsight was like man i gotta appreciate this movie and what it's doing so um so yeah yeah anyways that's uh that is the nest if you want to check it out uh what about you scott what do you want to let people know about well, I came unprepared, so I only just found out about no, this. No, you're good. But while you guys were talking, um, I was thinking of uh, the HBO Max series that came out. Um, I think it's called Raised by Wolves. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I, you know, I was really high on it for the first part, and then it kind of just went in a different direction that didn't make me that happy <laughs> uh, for the rest of it. But, uh, you know, it, it was I, – I loved the, the concept of uh, – the religious versus the atheist kind of, you know, mm-hmm. going off to both set off yeah. their own set of human race and whatnot. And I love the, uh, I love anything with, with robots and, 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 you know, androids, AI and stuff like that. But, uh, I love the mother and father, um, relationship. Like I said, I just, it started off, it was just one of those things where I would have taken it in a different direction. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's that person's you know, creation, but I love the concept of it. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. Uh, I I think I I may have enjoyed the final ride a little bit more than you because um, I stuck with it pretty good. But uh, in uh, chorus with what you're saying, that pilot is just astonishing. Yeah. It's so yeah. well done. Um, and I mean, it's Ridley Scott, right? Didn't he direct yeah. the that? So yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. It feels very alien. Feels like it could be from the alien, you know, kind of the new alien universe. Um, uh, idea but um but yeah it's that's that's a good recommend i enjoyed well, that quite a he bit he could be he could be using some ideas he has because i don't think he's necessarily i don't know that he's going to get to continue the alien you know the way where, where he was going with it mm-hmm. 
yeah, uh, because of you know financial things on the previous movie. So he could very well have taken some stuff from that. Yeah, I think he's working with uh, Aaron Guzikowski. I think is the creator of Raised by Wolves. Uh, I didn't know that off the top of my head. I did look it up. Uh, but, also uh, a listener of the show. <laughs> yes, yes. So <laughs> I want to make sure we give, give him a shout out. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for Behind the Scenes this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. If you've got anything you want to send us, you can mail it to us at P.O. Box 881, Republic, Missouri 65738. That's right. We do snail mail. You can hang out with us on Twitter as well, at Aaron Dicer, at Danae Says, and at Sam Loomis 13. Uh, Scott, where can people find you? On Twitter, uh, at Sava, and on TikTok and Instagram, it's at Art. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, Scott Sava, and myself, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash bts. His phone died. His phone definitely died. I'm all, you know, like I'm sure of it. Does he know anyone's phone number? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's well, I mean, he would be able to He knows to where you it. live. Right. Yeah. He knows how to send an email. I'm not sure that the next generation knows how to send emails. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> the conversations I'm having with Iris are a little different. This morning I opened up Instagram and I showed her a picture of Sophia Pagiantelli. I can't remember how to say her last name. The, the, un- the model. The unibrow model? Yeah, the model that has a really thick unibrow. And I, I showed her a picture and I said, isn't she beautiful? Iris looks at it and she's like, I don't think I like her face. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, really? What is it about her face that you don't like? She thought about it and she said, her eyebrows. I don't like them. They're really big. And I said, like, I started talking to her about how people have different facial features and you know some people have eyebrows that are far apart and some people have thin ones and some people have really thick eyebrows so it was kind of neat because by the end of like a few minutes of conversation we went back to the original picture i asked her if she thought that sophia was beautiful like do you do you think that you've changed your mind about how she looks now and she said she thinks that she's beautiful but she doesn't know if she likes the eyebrows and she's only three and so then we looked at some other pictures of other you know models that are shaped differently and stuff. So that was my first time to kind of start to wade into that water with her with purpose, you know? It's a great reminder that we like to put a lot of this on culture and like norms of beauty and those kind of things on culture. But there is a very primal human thing of different. That looks different than I've seen. That looks different than most people I know. And that different is bad. There is, there's something built into us that is just like different is bad. And we have to fight that. We have to train that out of ourselves Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways. So no, I think you're doing good work. So we're watching the Thanksgiving parade and then it would cut to commercial. And she says, oh, I don't like this part. Go back to the parade. And I said, oh, Iris, this is the commercials. And when we watch live TV, there's commercials. She says, I don't like these. And I said, no, baby. This is, these are people, every single time you see one of these, they're trying to manipulate your emotions to purchase something. (laughs) (laughs) My mom and my dad are there. They're like, uh, (laughs) and then all these different products are popping up. And one of them was just a real brief split second Dorito bag instantly. Can I have some chips Mm -hmm. (laughs) instantly? And I said, 
honey, you're being manipulated. (laughs) (laughs) I think the weirdest thing for me is that I love to watch cooking shows, which is like one gigantic long commercial for cooking and delicious food that you want. But like if you wanted to eat great British baking show style food, you'd have to go to a patisserie or something. And of course, that's not going to happen. Or you have to know how to make it yourself. Right. And I could figure that out. But instead, what I do is I will eat like toast and a fried egg, which I can make really, really well. (laughs) And I'll watch a cooking show and feel good about myself (laughs) and judge their I I even judge their cooking sometimes like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't have put the that was way too hot to put in that mixture. Those mm-hmm. eggs are going to curdle, you know, like like I know what I'm talking about. No, I'm doing the same thing. We are uh, binging Top Chef. Um, okay. we're, we're through season nine. We just started into season 10. And uh, and yeah, we are definitely both yeah. like, oh, that omelet is, is too dark. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, it's yeah. just way too dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jonathan, you are incorrect. He is in a hobbit hole. I was going to say (laughs) that door. I like, I'm just like giddy about that door behind you and the staff. Like, that's amazing. That's incredible. Here, that's, yeah, that's uh, the bookshelf over there. Staff. There's the thing. Oh, there's Gandalf staff there. Yeah. Yeah. You have a Gandalf staff. Mm hmm. There's the rest of the room. Very nice. Oh, yeah. Is that, is this all very purposeful? Did you do this to, to the space yourself? Yes. I didn't know I was going to fall in love with you today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was it was a uh, just a basement. It was, you know, and we had uh, mold in it. And uh, so my friend who does constructions like you're always calling yourself a hobbit. So I'm turning this into a hobbit hole. And he came up with designs and what? Yeah. So it was really cool. It's 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 all styrofoam and, and painted to look like wood. So it's kind of like a like a movie facade. Ah, so. When Lord of the Rings came out, there were so many like websites that did this thing where you could learn how to like write your name in Elvish. Did you do that too? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not that level. Uh, I just, it's I more of an did aesthetic that. thing. Did I, you really? I wonder, yeah. Well, and I mean, I learned by yeah. following the chart, you know, E okay, equals okay. this symbol, A equals, and there's, there is a way to do it where I guess Tolkien kind of actually created the language. And so, um, like merging specific letters together and in, in whatever order. And there was a rhyme and reason to it. So you definitely could learn the language, but I just followed the patterns. And then I yeah. would write my name in Elvish because I thought that was super cool. So my next question is it, uh, of whether or not it says anything. I guess I know the answer is probably no. No, no, no. This just leaves. And, okay. uh, and then I just made an S for, for Sava. <laughs> nice. I actually learned to speak fluent Elvish. Uh, you know, through Lord of the Rings and Klingon. In fact, I, I like to combine them into one language called Klingish, uh, which is kind of my own my own creation. So, yeah. Nobody believes you. What? <laughs> it sounded so real. <laughs> <laughs> There's an Andy's frozen custard in Cool Springs. Why would you? How? Why? Because like, Andy's frozen custard is the best frozen custard ever. I know that. Yeah. But that's just random that you'd be like, this is the one thing I know about Cool Springs. <laughs> <laughs> they have custard. <laughs> What should I call this? Whatever you like. Uh, Behind the Sins, Scott. Best time in interview. Yeah, best podcast I've ever been on. Dot wave. You know, something like like that. I like them better than than Chris. Yeah, Yeah. these are the three coolest humans I've ever met. Dot wave. I think would suffice. BTS. Yay. Yeah. Whatever you want. Boo. 
And I'm assuming you guys edit these at some point too, right? So, no, nope, okay. we just throw a big two-hour <laughs> messy file It's actually on. live. <laughs> that's that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no editing. We don't believe in that kind of stuff uh, around oh here. Oh, my I mean, God. He, he's going to edit in different versions of the questions he asks right. you. So, you, you know, you sound like racist yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, I know how to pick apart the words, create sentences. <laughs> I will make you say things you never thought you would say. Yeah. Um, that is That is what I'm here for. Like looking for group, for example. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and and it's actually Ryan Sommer and Lar D'Souza looking for group. They're the ones who host my website. What? So, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't freak out right now. <laughs> you want another freak out? If you I'm... pause the film uh, in Mackenzie's bedroom, you'll see LFG stickers on her wall. Really? Yep. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go like. <laughs> you guys, that's not that hard. I got Holy shit. Holy shit. That was so exciting. That was cool. I really love just being able to talk to him and say thank you for like making that happen. Like that I'm mm-hmm. glad I got to say that. But then like the extra shit that he starts throwing at me, send me your address. Mm-hmm. Let's play D and D. I don't know how to process that right now. So I'm gonna go just take a quick lap around the house, stretch, sure. and then I'll be right back. Okay. Right on. Whew. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 